good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network. The following show is just horrifying. Beware. You're not cheating on your wife if you eat my lemon square. Your lemon squares taste like ass. And welcome back to Horror Queers. We're talking misusing dynamires. We're talking put your ass on the glass. And we're talking Elizabeth fucking shoe. And I'm Joe. And I'm Trace, and we're talking, they they took my penis, they they, they took my penis, (sighs) because they take his penis. Also, Dina Mayer, how dare you? (laughs) You know what? I got to give you something to work with. It was Dinah Lohan, though. I'm sorry, Lohan, as we've learned recently. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Names are not my forte. Everybody knows this, but also, it's a tragedy. Why is she in this movie, and why is she so criminally underused? And why? I mean, she she literally has, like, two seconds above the water, and then she's in a scuba suit, and then she's dead. Well... I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Anyway, (laughs) listeners, in case you haven't figured it out yet, we are discussing Alexander Aja's Piranha 3D. A Mm -hmm. remake in name only of Joe Dante's original film. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. There is no, uh, you know, I was looking high and low. I was looking under rocks. I was looking under propellers for some kind of message about, like, environmentalism or... No. uh, No, there are no messages in this movie. You know, but you know what, though? There could have been. There there Mm -hmm. is an alternate version of this movie that wasn't filmed, that was written, that could have gone this way. But... right. I will say that watching this, I was like, I, you know, again, the end name only remake. We heard that a lot with Black Christmas, where it was like, not my Black Christmas, or I would like it so much more if they wouldn't have called it Black Christmas, blah, blah, yep. blah. And I was like, well, Piranha didn't really get that reaction. Now, no, I guess people don't have the same uh, level of love and admiration for the original Piranha as we thought. I guess not, but y'all let us know. But, uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> there's there there's lots of well maybe lots to talk about in this movie we'll 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 see this could be short this could be long but no bring... it's always long it's always and there's lo- <laughs> always lots to talk about <laughs> well let's bring in a guest to help us pad this runtime so everyone you you may have read her work at the spool an irreverent informative source for film and television coverage focused on diverse thoughtful opinions or you may have heard her voice on let's get weirding a podcast she co-hosts with Bo north in which they read and discuss frank herbert's dune chapter by chapter Please welcome Megan Sunday. Hello. Hello, wild, wild girls. (laughs) So exciting. I made sure to wear a bikini, although this is not a video. Or don't wear a bikini, as most women in this movie don't. Oh my god. I have not seen this many tatas in quite some time. No. I, I I was actually taken aback. I was like, wow, I did not expect... I was taken aback. I was taken affront. I was taken <laughs> like up the cooch in this movie. I think I actually messaged Trace at one point and I was like, what is the bikini waxing budget of this film? <laughs> oh, I bet you had to provide your own. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, they, they sought out extras for all of these, but, like, actually auditioned a lot of them. Oh, um, ew. It, well, uh, you can see, uh, sorry, uh, you don't see auditions of their titties or or, or their bikini waxing happening, mm-hmm. but I, I do think it was a thing where it was like, yeah, I think people had to do their own room and board uh, and make it work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of extras in this massacre scene. This is yes. true. Yes. Yes. So, Piranha, y'all, I'm, I will give it, this was a mainstay of my college. Like, I was really excited this one was coming out because it was like, oh, the director of Hills Have Eyes is doing a Piranha remake, and it's going to be really gory, blah, blah, blah. Kept getting pushed back, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I'll talk about in the production. Trace is like, I graduated before this fucking movie came out. I, <laughs> I mean, I had to see it. Like, it was like, it was that because it was August of 2010. I saw this in 3D in theaters and probably watched, showed it, I showed it to a lot of people in college that probably didn't want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, that, that checks out. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what about y'all? I mean, like, have y'all seen this movie before? Was this the first time watch for y'all? I had seen it before, but a long time ago on, like, HBO or something. Oh, and God. it was just okay. one of those, like, well, I'll watch this. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, I think I maybe saw this in theaters. I honestly cannot recall. I had definitely seen it before. I definitely thought that it was cheesy and dumb and fun. And uh, lo and behold, yes, it is dumb and cheesy and fun. <laughs> it, it is exactly what I remembered it being mm-hmm. and nothing more. I definitely remembered some of the the deaths from the massacre scene. Yeah. As things were happening, I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> oh, I remember that girl getting pulled apart as they carry her onto the beach. Oh. That's the best one. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. Is it that or is it the propeller? It's the propeller. Oh, my God. Where her head is degloved. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hashtag Mike Flanagan wishes. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't happen on Midnight Mass. <laughs> oh, man. There are different versions of this film, as I said earlier. So why don't we go into how this was made? Because honestly, y'all, I was expecting this to be Slim Pickens. Like, oh, yeah, they made a killer piranha movie. Bam, bam, bam. Also, did you just make a how did this get made joke? (laughs) Not intentionally so, but um, it it is appropriate, is it not? (laughs) It is. It is. It is. It is weird to me that this is 12 years ago. Like, I really. Oh, God, yeah. It's timeless. (laughs) Well, actually, no, that's a good question. Do y'all think this movie is aged particularly well? Parts of it have. I mean, there's a cast member of Gossip Girl in it that's not Blake Lively or Ben (laughs) Badgley. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a cast member from Vampire Diaries who is the younger brother of the lead actress. And you're just like, brr. Eli Roth is in it. (laughs) Yeah. Some of the casting decisions are peculiar, but like, I think Jerry O'Connell's performance was great when I saw it the first time. And it is, he is still a fantastic cad. And I feel like he's actually been riding this high for the last 12 years. (laughs) You know, good for him. I have a lot of respect for Jerry O'Connell. I don't really know what he does when he's not acting, but like, he's got Rebecca Romaine really good for him. They seem to have a really Uh healthy relationship. And he just comes in and does what he wants whenever he wants. And he, he's not a creep. Well, in real life, yeah. In this yeah. movie, no, he absolutely is. Oh, no, no. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> also, Megan, I'm so glad you brought up Gossip Girl because I remember going to see this. I was just like, they got Vanessa. She mm-hmm. sucks. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah, all Vanessa the and Jeremy, like the two worst characters on their respective <laughs> shows. But sure, let's build a movie around them. This is even before they had a threesome with Hillary Duff. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> Did not see the Hillary Duff mention coming from you, Megan. A2 Brute. <laughs> he gets mad because I like to bring up the Lizzie McGuire movie a lot, which he's never seen. <laughs> this is true. I may change in the future. But, uh, yeah, I mean, well, the cast is stacked, right? I mean, you got Elizabeth Shue, you got cameos from Christopher Lloyd and Richard Dreyfuss playing mm-hmm. essentially the same character he played in Jaws. 100%. <laughs> down to the costume. Ving Rames, Paul Shear. I mean, we're starting to lose the stackedness at this point. Adam Scott. Yes! Oh, my God. <laughs> in such a weirdly thankless role, though. I was like, oh, this is, I think Adam Scott deserves better than what this movie is giving him. Well, but, okay, this is also like, is it? Be- it's before Parks and Rec, right? Uh, but after Hellraiser Bloodline. <laughs> yeah, but it's right around the same time as Parks and Rec, I think. Because well, I just... think it's during Party Down. Mm. But after Monsterman-Law. But he doesn't have the wig power that he has in <laughs> Hellraiser Bloodline. This is true. <laughs> Nothing can match that epicness. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, nevertheless, Elizabeth Shue is like, well, here, not really doing anything. How dare. I, look, I love... <laughs> I really love this movie. Actually, I, it's a four out of five for me. Like, I think I just think it's so much fun. It knows exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also think it misuses a lot of its cast. And I also think that it has a complete and utter lack of a third act. Uh, yeah, I can support that. I feel like they built an interesting movie on the goodwill of a couple of these actors. Like when you cast Elizabeth Shue and Ving Rhames, you're like, oh, I don't need to give them characters because people like Elizabeth Shue and Ving Rhames. Well, I mean, well, I'll wait for her introduction until we get to the plot summary, because that I do. I think her introduction is her most like is her best part. But I digress. It's sort of set up like a horror novel, in which case it wouldn't need a movie type third act, because the third act of a horror novel is just always, well, now the animals are killing everybody. Right. And if this were a horror novel, those kids would have been dead. Oh, God, if only. But yes. <laughs> Well, that is the weird thing, right? Because I, this movie, I mean, would y'all call this movie mean-spirited? Towards women. Oh, <laughs> Megan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but... Uh, not as much as, I would say, certainly not as much as The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. There um, we go. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 much more light spirited, uh, but I would say just particularly in a couple of cases, like I think Danny's death in particular is very just why. Oh, why did you do mm. this? I, I have so many. Yes, the, the Danny thing is a big gripe for me, but I, I also think the fact that they don't kill any kids in this movie it makes. It's a cop-out. Well, and it makes any suspense that you could earn with those kids in the last half of the movie, like, completely go out the window because you're like, well, they're not going to kill these kids. So mm-hmm. it, I at least need, if, it not, if not these two kids, I need to see a child die <laughs> to know that this movie was willing <laughs> to go there. Well, I mean, it wants, it, it wants to be Jaws, and yeah. Jaws kills kids. Mm. Well, okay, but does it want the original wanted to be Jaws? And it was like a tongue-in-cheek approach to that formula. This one... I wouldn't say it wants to be Jaws. But everything wants to be Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> Jaws over in the corner like, everybody wants to be me. <laughs> I feel that way about most movies, honestly. I mean, they all just want to be Jaws. If, if, if it is a fish movie, they want to be Jaws. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And also it's the original blockbuster. So box office wise, everybody wants to be Jaws. Yeah. 
in the theater for a year. This movie was not, well, domestically, it was a box office failure. Americans did not want to see this movie, but everyone outside of America apparently did want to see this movie. And I don't know why that is, unless it's like, we want to see how the Americans do spring break. (laughs) It's tits. It's tits and ass. Americans hate sex and everybody else, shockingly enough, loves it. Well... But okay, but I think there's something to be said there about horror comedies, though, because this is a movie that looked dumb and clearly knew it was dumb. But that's a real big hurdle for a lot of uh, quote unquote yeah. regular folk where they'll be like, oh, that looks really dumb. Mm-hmm. And that's it. There is no, oh, but it knows it's dumb. Like there, there, That doesn't exist. Yeah. And I think that's why this movie didn't do that well. No, because that's a very specific flavor that you have to get just right or else it's either very boring Mm-hmm. Or it's just so dumb that you just don't even want to put up with it. Yeah. See also the sequel. <gasps> oh, I mean, you made a joke earlier about someone going up someone's cooch, and that does happen to Katrina Bowden in the second movie. Um, <gasps> she Katrina gets- oh. Bowden? Oh, oh I no. love her. <laughs> so she doesn't die from it. She gets a, a pir- piranha up her <laughs> vagina, and I'm then sorry. her boyfriend fucks her, and the Whoa. piranha bites oh. his dick off while he's inside oh. of her. Okay, but oh. see, that does sound fucking hilarious. No, it, it sounds in like, so much of three double D make like sounds awesome. You have Ving Rings who survives this movie somehow, and he has wooden peg legs. It's set at a water park, so it's oh. piranha in a water park. <laughs> All of this sounds amazing, and it is <laughs> one of the unfunniest, most oh, no. dull, stupid thing. Like basically, it's what everyone feared this movie was going to be is what three mm. double D was. Ugh. What a bummer. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, fuck Piranha, that movie was so dumb. I implore you to go watch that sequel. And then this is going to look like an Oscar worthy film. (laughs) Double boom. Double boom. I mean, they got Christopher Lloyd back, but their lead, their lead is Danielle Panabaker. Um, Chris Zilka is in it. Uh, I mean, it. Oh, my God. So we went even further down the CW. I love Daniel Pandabaker, but like no one is recognizing that girl on the street. I'm sorry. Um, but maybe now. You know what? I'm not mm. gonna. Yeah, mm. you're probably right. <laughs> I would definitely know. I knew her from somewhere. You'd be like, oh, she looks like the she's that girl from that Jason movie. Mm. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm think of, I knew her from like Sky High. She's the plant girl. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. That movie's great. Oh, I love Sky High. Anyway, well, so this is actually the the second remake of Piranha because there was a 1995 TV movie. I think it was on Showtime with a teenage Soleil Moon Fry as one of the camp counselors. Oh, weird. Oh. Yeah, she gets killed. It makes me really sad. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> but that was like 1995. So in the early 2000s, and hey, so y'all, I did not know. I didn't know they were planning this movie for a decade. So just, just <laughs> strap in. Strap in. <laughs> In the early 2000s, then up-and-coming screenwriters Josh Stolberg and Pete Goldfinger, and these two guys, you may know them because they would go on to write, well, the year before this, Sorority Row, and they would also write both Jigsaw, a.k.a. Saw 8, and Spiral from the Book of Saw, a.k.a. Saw 9. Which we considered doing a Patreon episode on, and then we saw the movie, and then did not do a Patreon episode on. Yeah, I rewatched that uh, over Christmas, and it is aggressively fine. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure is. But nevertheless, though, I mean, Sorority Row, like, that and Piranha, you can see the, the tonal similarities there, right? This kind of right. like horror comedy knows what it is. But then the Jigsaw and Spiral, that is bizarre. But anyway. Yeah. 
So they were really involved at this time of pitching new franchise entries, including a sequel to Halloween 6. Like It was like between H2O and Resurrection. And they're like, hey, like let's go back and do a sequel to 6 because that was something oh people God, were wanting to do. What? <laughs> this is what the people want. Yeah, let's give the people what no one asked for. Oh. Except maybe Anya Stanley. <laughs> but it gets better, Joe, because they were also writing a Halloween Hellraiser franchise crossover. No. no absolutely, absolutely not. No. Absolutely I would love not. to see it, but no. No, thank you. No. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess so they're both just do, uh, writing all these scripts, trying to, like, get into the horror world. I need to, no, I need to go back to that for a second. <laughs> How would that even what what yeah, mm-hmm. is even gonna happen? It's just gonna be them staring at each other for two hours. Well, I mean, because uh, I guess because Jamie Lee Curtis was contractually obligated to be in another oh, right. sequel after H two O, and they were like, oh, because they, they they wanted to bring in Kirsty Cotton from Hellraiser, and so I was like, well, obviously, Fair. yes, but it's like, but Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't want to be in this movie. No. <laughs> no. It's like, Kirstie walks in, inadvertently kills Laurie Strode, and is like, ah, shit, now I'm the lead of this movie? God damn it. <laughs> I don't want this. I've never wanted to I be don't the lead of this that. franchise. <laughs> That's the best thing about Kirstie. She spends all of these movies going, oh, no. Yeah, like, get me the fuck out of here. I have no interest in doing this battle right now. Ooh, I don't know. Have y'all seen Hellseeker? Well, uh, yeah. We don't talk about Hellseeker. <laughs> We don't talk about <laughs> it. It honestly, like, and it's like obviously a very low bar, but it is my least favorite one in the franchise. Oh my god, oh Inferno god. is right there, Trace. Uh, Inferno <laughs> is boring, but I don't find it offensive. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But okay, so while some of this oh. stuff was taking shape, or rather not taking shape, mm-hmm. they wrote a spec script entitled Killer Fish for producer J. Todd Harris, the rights owner of the Piranha franchise. Now, Stolberg didn't think they stood a chance of actually being hired for a Piranha remake due to their limited credentials at the time, but Harris was so impressed with their script, and they were officially hired, like, on the spot. Wow. In 2004, now, we're going to have some director hopping here, but we're going to start with Aja, because it did start with him. So, in 2004, hot off the success of his film High Tension, French director Alexander Aja was given an offer to direct the film, titled Piranha Lake Havasu, which is actually where they filmed it, but then they set it Lake Victoria. It was... I don't know. Yeah. Aja admired the script, but wanted to tone down the script's comedic aspects in favor of more suspense and tension. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which is what he's good at doing, admittedly. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. fish? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Killer wait, fish. You, are you, okay, wait, I'm sorry. I know that all the Piranha films, like, have, like, an air of camp to them, but, like, do y'all think you could make a seriously scary Piranha film? Uh, I'm trying to think if I've seen... Piranha used in a film in a way that wasn't campy. And I feel like there yeah. must be something, and yet I, nothing comes to mind. A lot would depend on what the setting was. I mean, maybe yeah. if you were in the jungle, that would be scary, because well, you like, don't fall in the water. And... But see, I raise you that and then show you Anaconda. True. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm like, okay, it seems it seems like with any kind of creature feature, unless you're Jaws, the first one, it, there's always an air of cheesiness or camp, or at least that's what people expect from these types of movies. And I'm not... Is it just because it's an animal behaving how they wouldn't behave in real life? Uh, I, I would quibble with your association that all creature features have an inherent camp value to them, because I've seen plenty that don't. But mm-hmm. I think specifically fish-based creature features, that's yeah. a harder one. 
Because I'm thinking like Orca. Orca is dead serious. And it maybe has aged into some camp, but like there's some genuine melancholy in there. Orca is very just, it's very mean-spirited. That is a mean <sighs> Love it. movie. Love it. And there are elements, there are elements of alligator that are very mm-hmm. like mean as well. Yes, they kill a child in that they one. They kill a child in alligator, <laughs> and it's haunted me for years. <laughs> now on Blu-ray. <laughs> Uh, 4K, 4K. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it looks beautiful. <laughs> I gotta pick um, that up. Well, okay, so here's the thing. So this is, again, 2004, six years before this movie will actually come out. So by June 2005, they have dropped Aja because they're like, mm-hmm. fuck you, we don't care about your suspense and tension. <laughs> Get out of here. And they bring on Chuck Russell, a.k.a. the director of Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Mask, and The Blob remake. So... Mm-hmm. I- <laughs> Okay. I mean, uh, <laughs> Trace, we just talked about Chuck Russell because we talked about Nightmare on Elm Street for the Patreon audio commentary in February, and we literally went through his filmography, and I think that we could have gotten a late-stage career Chuck Russell making a piranha film. That would have been so interesting. I mean, all respect to Asha, I think is a great director, but holy fuck, I want this movie so <laughs> bad. And... Also, I mean, just to go back in time a bit, Chuck Russell was not having the best early aughts because he no. had done Bless the Child in the year 2000 and then oh. The Scorpion King in 2002. So this would have oh. been after that. Also, stop talking about Bless the Child. I <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> so they bring on Chuck Russell and they make heavy rewrites the Stolberg and Goldfinger draft, as well as incorporating elements from the original John Sayles script that Joe Dante directed the first time around. Chiller Films and Mark Canton were slated to produce it, while Dimension Films acquired the distribution rights in January of 06. Dun, dun, dun. <sighs> I, y'all, I, I knew in the back of my mind this is a Dimension film, but I was like, well, I hadn't heard any bad stories about it, so it's probably fine. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing out of sadness. Weinstein I... woes happen yet again. Why? <laughs> uh. So, okay, Russell's vision for the film would have cost an estimated $23 million, and it was described as an underwater thriller, as opposed to the Stolberg and Goldfinger draft, which took place during spring break. By the way, keep that balking at the $23 million price tag in your pocket, because that's going to come back in a minute. By December 2006, filming was planned to begin in spring of 07, but it didn't. I don't know why. (laughs) It just didn't. So by March 2007, Aja circled back around to the project, and Russell, I guess, had gotten, like, impatient, and he just fucking left. He's like, nope, this is taking too long, I'm out. So they brought Aja back in. Bless the child too, called, I'm out of here. <laughs> Aja signs on to produce the film and also rewrite the script with his filmmaking partner, Gregory Levasseur, who he also, like, worked on with, um, worked everything. with on, yeah, everything, pretty much yeah. everything. They finally get casting underway in April of 09. They get Elizabeth Shue. I mean, we've already gone through the cast, whatever. Dreyfus was hesitant to make fun of his career and eventually agreed to do the film after getting a higher payment from Bob Weinstein, and he only worked for two days, but Aja has been on record saying it felt like 20. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, Richard Dreyfus was not very pleasant to work with in his two days of filming this movie. Oh my gosh. I mean, I do kind of love the fact that he was like, oh, I really don't want to, like, deface this iconic film. Money! But also, if yeah. you pay me way more money, then I will do <laughs> I it. I will do it for money. <laughs> get yours, get yours. Uh, and then, so, compared to his two days, Christopher Lloyd was only working for one day. And I will tell you, he has a few interviews on this, like, I'm sorry, a two-hour and ten-minute featurette on the Blu-ray, which is 40 minutes longer than the movie itself. Yep. 
And so I guess they just got all of his stuff in one day, but he's sitting out there like on the side of the lake, just like in a chair, just having a blast. I mean, at times making this film kind of looks like they were on their own spring break. Like a lot of that feature it's like we were in the water, we were going for swims. Sometimes it sucked, but a lot of the time it was a vacation. (laughs) Yes. So production was supposed to, and before they even cast, production was supposed to begin at the end of 2008, but it was delayed until March because Asha said that the longer they waited in 2008, the colder the water would get. And if you have a thousand people who need to get murdered in the water, you have to wait for the right temperature of the water and of course have okay weather. So they finally start shooting in May of 09 in Lake Havasu and the water was also dyed red for shooting. They use an estimated 80,000 gallons of fake blood during filming. Nice. Yeah, I believe it. I can see it. Well, because I feel whenever the Evil Dead remake came out, I feel like they were like, oh, this is the most blood ever used in a film. And I'm like, oh, but Piranha's right there. And I feel <laughs> like maybe. It is a lot. Yeah. So, okay. So, not, Joe, you think you may have seen this in theaters. Megan, you did not. So neither one of you probably saw this in 3D, did you? Mm-mm. See, that that's the part I can't remember. I feel like I should know, but... Part of me is like, I don't remember being so frustrated with all of the shittiness. So I feel like I must have because I would have been able to like wipe away some of my concerns because I'd be like, oh, 3D. It's me with Oz the Great and Powerful. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Now there is a dumpster fire. Oh, my God. Okay, Meg, I'm sorry. Tiny sidebar. I'm so that's so funny that you mentioned that because I had a friend that I was talking to not not a week ago who were talking about, oh, yeah, like, you know, we'll always try to go see a movie a second time because if you typically you always like a movie more on a second watch. Mm-hmm. And he goes, but there is one movie that I saw it and I didn't like it and I saw it a second time and I fucking hated it. And I was like, oh, my God, what what was it? And he goes, Sam Raimi's Oz the Great and Powerful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> Even in 3D. It was my worst film of the year, the year that it came out. I absolutely fucking hate that movie. It's bad. But, (laughs) well, so, Joe, because you mentioned the bad CGI, and granted, the CGI didn't look good in 2010, and it has not aged well by 2022 standards. Right. I'm able to look by most of that, if only because of the silliness of the film, I do think it probably looked better on a computer on a computer screen, um, <laughs> on a theater screen in 3D when like you know you have the glasses that kind of like darken the, the lighting for you. And I mean, I'm not saying it would have made it look great, but it probably looked less shitty. Yeah, I I wish I could be that generous. <laughs> um, not that I'm doubting you, but I was unable to forgive some of this because I was just like, oh, it just really, really looks bad. Mm. But I know that you're gonna tell us there's reasons why. Oh, there are. Okay, so this is a post-conversion 3D movie, because remember, that was like the big thing at the time, and it never, never, never worked out, but... (laughs) No, but it saved the money, so yay. Well, and granted, though, for this, it seems like, because they they had always planned on doing it in 3D, a lot of those post-conversion movies, they were shot for 2D, like, like with the idea of 2D, and they were like, oh, fuck, 3D's making money, let's Mm -hmm. post-convert it. This was always going to be in 3D, and I think the issue was they whatever the 3D cameras combined with the underwater work, yeah. they were like, it's too much money and it's too much work to like to deal with it. So here's the dirt. So in December of 2018, Alexander Aja goes on Adam Green and Joe Lynch's The Movie Crypt podcast, and this is more than eight years after the film's release. Aja spoke of post-production disputes that occurred while finishing the film. He claimed that Dimension found effects artists that were much cheaper than the ones they had currently employed, um, a third of the cost of the other people, and same with the 3D conversion people, they got one guy who, again, third of the cost, who had never done conversion work before. Oh, God. (laughs) 
<laughs> so by June of 2010, this is six weeks before the movie is scheduled to be released. And by the way, it was supposed to come out in April of 2010, but it got pushed back because it, it, they couldn't get the, the, the CGI done. Right. So six weeks before the film comes out, they're getting ready for Comic-Con. You know, they have a gore scissor where they want to do. But not a single piece of piranha work had been done for the film yet. <laughs> Oh my god, what a disaster. Oh no. This, Aja kept reaching out, and he would call Bob Weinstein and be like, Bob, you need to come down, you need to ask them to show you something, because if you don't come down here, they're not going to, because they haven't got anything done. Right. <laughs> I, I need you to see that they have done nothing for this movie <laughs> you have spent $24 million on that is coming out in six weeks. <laughs> I I need to see a piranha in my movie entitled Piranha. <laughs> So we almost got an Alan Smithy film because Aja actually reached out to the Directors Guild of America to begin the process of removing his name from the credits of this film. Yikes. Weinstein, Bob, caught wind of this and he was like, what's going on? And he told us, you need to fucking get down here or else like, I will continue this process. He gets Weinstein down. He fires all of the VFX artists. All of them. <laughs> all three of them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then he goes out of his way and hires every VFX vendor available to finish the film just so they could get it done on time. Woof. About the 3D, Asha just says it, quote unquote, could have been so much better. But Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, that's some candid talk, if we're being honest. Well, more candid is this. I'm sure he's fine saying it now because Weinstein's, you know, in jail. But... Right. He said that the film was facing a battle from the get-go because Harvey Weinstein hated this movie. Of course he did. He really, really, really wanted a more direct adaptation of Joe Dante's original with a more serious tone. He hated the campy, over-the-top, spring-break, girls-gone-wild approach. Well, surprising. <laughs> I mean, Harvey hates fun, unless it's at women's expense, which actually means he should like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the joke. <laughs> Ah, oh boy. <laughs> it's fine. So, I mean, again, like, it, a lot of issues, but th that, to me, I mean, having all... Because like, this isn't minimal CGI work on the on no. this piranha. Like, there's a lot of shots of these CGI fish, and yeah. six weeks out, it's not done? Like, what the fuck is that? Oh, they lost it all, like, food fight. But again, so here's the thing. The final budget for this film, probably pre-marketing, by the way, was $24 mm -hmm. million. Dollars. The reason the Chuck Russell script didn't get made is because it was too expensive at $23 million. Yeah. What a bunch of assholes. And I'm sh I wonder how much of that, too, was for last-minute VFX people. But like, well, yeah, we'll do it, but here's our, our normal rate, which is already high. Also, it's a rush job, so here's yeah. more money for you. Yeah. It's actually a wonder that the FX... I'm not going to say, oh, you know, that kind <laughs> of explains it, but it's a wonder that it even looks, like, seamless. I'm surprised that we don't get some really janky-looking parts of this movie. Yeah. But th this explains the janky CGI for sure. But again, I know it doesn't really work for you, Joe, but um, again, just with the over-the-topness of this film, I can really overlook some straight-up cartoon fish in my movie. They are. <laughs> they are. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, again, as I said, this is supposed to come out in April of 2010, but it was delayed because of the aforementioned post-production problems. Uh, it was planned to premiere on August 27th, 2010, uh, but was moved up a week for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we spent all this money, let's uh, let's try to get a little bit more juice out of the end of summer rush. Yeah. So it officially comes out August twentieth, twenty ten. It grossed ten point one million dollars in its first three days, opening at number six in the United Oof. States box office. 
Okay. <laughs> so let, again, we're gonna time travel back to 2010 right now. Let's let's look at the first five films that beat out Piranha 3D. Number one is The Expendables in its second week of release. Mm-hmm. Vampires Suck, the parody film in its oh, first week oh, of release. Oh Jesus God. Mm-hmm. Oh. Eat, Pray, Love in its second week of uh, release. Okay, okay. Lottery Ticket in its first week of release. I'm sorry, I say quoi? A lottery ticket. It's um. Is that a Hillary Swank movie? No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's like a comedy. Like, like some guy wins the lottery or something, and like it, mayhem ensues. Okay. Oh. And then the other guys in its third week of release. But I should point out that the, that lottery ticket and the other guys also made between ten and eleven million. So it was like mm. a tight race for uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth place. And that's a lot of male-oriented comedies all mm-hmm. competing for the same eyeballs. Exactly. But weirdly enough, though, I mean, again, the, the the new releases that weekend that beat it were Vampire Suck and Lottery Ticket, but then opening behind Piranha 3D that weekend was The Switch, the Jennifer Aniston, uh, Jason Bateman, like, I Switch My Spur movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Nanny McPhee Returns. <laughs> relevant, relevant. Emma yeah. Thompson versus Piranhas. <laughs> I can see the box office headlines. I mean, it's just a weird, it's just a weird bunch of movies. But you're right, Joe. I do think, yeah, it's like these movies competing for guy stuff. That's what killed this movie. So it goes on to gross $25 million domestically, barely eking out its $24 million budget, and $58.2 million internationally for a worldwide gross of $83.2 million. Not terrible. Not terrible, but Wines Dimension didn't think it was going to do well, uh, at least with critics, because they did not screen this for critics. Ah, yeah. And in a very rare instance, because again, that normally means, okay, they know it's going to get trashed by critics, so they're trying to avoid that bad word of mouth. Critics liked this movie quite a bit. Because we can see the joke. Yeah. Uh, We're looking at a certified fresh approval rating of 74% on Rotten Tomatoes with an average score of 6.2 out of 10. But on Letterboxd, we're looking at a 4.8 out of 10. So, ouch. Shame on you, Letterboxd users. People, the movie is supposed to be dumb. Like, if you can embrace the dumbness, then you will appreciate the film. I'll admit that I didn't give it a ton of stars on Letterboxd. It's because I had to look I had to look at the rest of my Letterboxd and think, I can't, can I give this the same score as Black Narcissus? I, I can't. <laughs> but, okay, but here, here, but you're not grading it on a Black Narcissus scale. You're grading it on a Piranha 3D scale. <laughs> they don't, they don't give you that <laughs> just putting it out there and saying oh four stars to Piranha 3d and then there it is forever <laughs> i mean i will say that is i definitely rate things on letterbots the way the trace is describing like if people look at my reviews they're wild because i have given some really high ratings to some really quote-unquote bad movies but i feel like well, if you're following me on there, it's because you you should know who you're dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> to the average no, person, true. I probably look like uh, I am competing with multiple versions of myself. Yes. Now, one thing, one I don't really read reviews that often on the show, but one quote that I pulled that I thought was hilarious was, um, one review even singled out the film for being the film we were promised snakes on a plane was going to be. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. I agree to an extent because I do enjoy Six on a Plane a lot, but that movie was hampered by it being filmed to be PG-13 and then like right. reshoots yeah. to make it rated R later. I'd be better able to compare if I'd seen them both in theaters because I saw Snakes on a Plane in the theater and that was really fun. It was a fun yeah. experience. It's true. Both of these movies play very, very well with a crowd mm-hmm. and I can see the theatrical experience would be a huge benefit in that regard. Like even watching this at home with a couple of other people, it's not going to do the same thing as seeing like Snakes on a Plane and 
I'm assuming Piranha, because I can't recall if I saw it. I'm imagining like opening weekend audiences who were excited for these movies and just how stupid they are would be having the best time. Yeah. I mean, that was my little theater in the suburbs of Houston. There we go. Yeah. And of course, folks, we also have a Patreon audio commentary on Snakes on a Plane if you want to ever relive that magic. Yeah. Magic. 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 (laughs) I think animal movies play the best for that because I think Mm. one of the best theater experiences I ever had was for Primeval. Oh my oh god. My god. <laughs> the crocodile movie. Wait. Yes. The the movie they missed I'm sorry. The one that they 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 said was based on a serial killer. Well, okay. The, yeah, well they <laughs> it was a crocodile. they called the crocodile a serial. <laughs> they they said based on one of the most famous serial killers in history. Mm-hmm. They just mm-hmm. didn't say by the way the serial killer is a crocodile. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do yeah. you want? You want them to spell everything out? Come on. You got to get into wait, the, you got to pay alert. to see that. Megan, wait. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Cuz I, I I have seen that movie long time ago. I think it came out when I was actually working at an AMC theaters. What what was your audience like for that? <laughs> Loved it. Just <laughs> yelling, screaming, laughing, lots of run, run, it's behind you. Wow, I love that. <laughs> A guy behind us at one point just yelled, I love you, Gustav. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds great. It was. It was really great. <laughs> But um, but yeah, I mean that—that's really it. I just again, I didn't know all that post-production shit, and I was just like, well, that explains. It a does lot. explain some stuff, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shockingly enough, when the Weinstein's get involved, uh, things take a hit, like the quality or the budget. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Piranha 3D opens with a Jaws homage as Matt Hooper, or, um, as Matt Boyd, played by Richard Dreyfus. Honestly, you can see how much he does not fucking want to be here in these, what, two minutes of screen time? Because mm. he looks like he would rather be anywhere else. Do That aside, do we like this cameo or is it too, like, chintzy for you guys? I'll accept any Jaws reference, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, honestly. The song he's listening to on the radio is uh, the show me the way to go home. Mm. Da-da-da-da-da. That might have been a little too much of a button. (laughs) (laughs) That's one fin too far. Just just a touch. You're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, this, like, I got it right away, and it was funny when I got it, and then (laughs) the scene goes on, and I was just like, oh, okay. So, like, you brought him back, but you're really not going to do anything interesting with him, and then he's just done. I mean, he wouldn't let them do anything interesting with him. That's true. <laughs> but also, like, maybe then it's just a, call it a wash. Like, I, I think seeing Christopher Lloyd in this scene would have been a lot of fun, because I think he would have actually played it up. Yeah. Just having the whirlpool and the piranhas is mm-hmm. a little too much. Uh, no, it's just right. But the problem is... <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, um, if the okay, so we've talked about how the, the piranha don't look great for the CGI. This vortex looks like <laughs> yes. Okay, if you look where the boat meets the water mm-hmm. once the war vortex, I mean, oh, it's it, so it, bad. It oh, is. No. I mean, I thought a high schooler did it. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, this looks <laughs> like shit. Like you can tell he's just sitting in a big green box. Oh yeah, like this yeah. is Windows ninety five magic <laughs> at best. <laughs> It's very, very bad. Water is is extremely difficult to do well. but Yes, and it's silly to have this vortex. Like, I get it. I, that That's, you know, oh, it's where the piranha are coming from. But mm-hmm. he could have at least gone into it, and then there were piranha in it. He avoids it entirely, and then there's piranha. I want a vortex of piranha. 
Yeah. Well, we, we do kind of get that during the massacre when that one girl is like in a piranha NATO. I do like that True, one. True, yes. That's really cool. Yes. Like, just reuse that exact same footage. Clearly, you didn't have time or money. We wouldn't have cared. Well, it's because we get this one once Matt just falls into the water because we mm-hmm. have people just falling into the water a lot in this movie. All the time. We get this shot and it is a red water screen and mm-hmm. it is just a CGI Richard Dreyfus getting yep. attacked by these CGI piranha. And I, very bad. This, I think, is the worst effect in the film. Which is great since it's our opening scene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, this is definitely, once they have victims, it's so good. Yes. Once there's people crawling on the beach, and Mm -hmm. that's amazing. But yeah, this is, oh. I will say, because I did clock, I didn't realize, this is a, without credits, like an 83-minute movie. Mm -hmm. The massacre starts at the 55-minute mark. Okay. Yeah. Because it is sustained. Like, I will I will say, I appreciate the fact that it is basically the entire last act is just chaos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can also say that I do enjoy the hand coming out of the water. It's very obvious that it's going to happen. It's not like <laughs> it's a surprise and it doesn't look great, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> oh, I think it looks good. Oh, Is it no, practical? I... It's not practical, yeah. though, right? No, it's practical. It's, it's totally it? practical. Yes. I mean, the fact that uh, we're asking suggests yeah, that it's not I clear. Yeah, I really thought that was a CG hand. I promise you, it looks like it, it looks like the Terminator hand that's like just has like flesh chewed off of it because it because it, it it's looks. Do a thumbs up. It, yeah, it, it looks I like a robot hand. Like the, the the way the fingers are moving, it looks like a robot hand. Okay. So you're suggesting because it looks like a robot, it is practical? <laughs> no, it, it it's real because it looks like a fucking hand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Trace. Your barometer for like what passes the CGI test is like no, but it looks real. Okay. I, I, I look. I, no, what I'm saying is oh, the CGI looks bad in this movie. I just don't mm-hmm. care because the movie is stupid. But yes. like this hand isn't. A fu- Hon- honestly, what's going to be funny is <laughs> now you have me doubting myself. <laughs> Do you watch this thing again? Oh boy. Okay. Well, uh, listeners, let us know. Real CGI Terminator hand. You you tell us. <clears throat> it wasn't Richard Dreyfuss's hand, I can tell you that. It's definitely no, true. he no. had already collected his golden toilet and gone home by this point. <laughs> so let's meet our protagonist. We have the junior version and then we have the adult version. So our introduction to this world is via Jake Forrester, who is played by Stephen R. McQueen. Yes, he is related to Steve McQueen. Does he have the talent? No. The charisma? No. No. But he does look good in a wet t-shirt, and that's really all that matters. Is it creepy that they specifically make him 17? Okay. <laughs> I, I was thinking that throughout this entire movie, where I was like, well, because they do that a lot in horror movies, right? Where it's like, oh, they're, they're teenagers in their senior year of high school. So it's mm-hmm. like, they're probably 17, but they might be 18. So any, like, you know, minor stuff. But they flat out say in this movie, mm-hmm. they're minors. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because they say he's, like, his sister specifically says he's 17. Mm-hmm. So I guess by that means that Vanessa from Gossip Girl is also 17. And yep. is is she older? No, so she she is 17 because on the boat, it, it's like a blink and you miss it line. But basically mm-hmm. when uh, the blonde girl is trying to get her to take her top off, Danny's like, don't do that. She's not even legal yet. Yeah. Oh, but they can do tequila shots and make out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. On a boat okay. full of cocaine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just meant to reflect badly on Derek. Like, he really does not care who he's picking up as long as they're willing to do Wild Wild Girls things. 
Yeah. I will say, though, so, hey, this is set in Lake Victoria. And, y'all, I, I had a moment last night where I was like, I'm going crazy. Because I knew it was filmed in Lake Havasu, Arizona, but it's Lake Victoria. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, well, Lake Victoria is just one of the Great Lakes, right? Um, it's not. No. And <laughs> when you Google Lake Victoria, the first thing it pulls up is actually the the Lake Victoria in Africa. Yeah. And oh. I was very confused. I was like, wait. So, okay, but it's a spring break destination, maybe. Okay, so that makes sense. But the why why does Elizabeth Shue live here? Why is she a sheriff in Africa? I don't literally a full wow. I had my movie pause for five minutes. <laughs> Trying to figure out this Africa thing. Turns out there is a Lake Victoria in Michigan. It's very, very tiny. And that is the one they were doing. <laughs> I love that you were having like a geography meltdown watching Piranha 3D. <laughs> I'm, dude, I mean. <laughs> I was doing. This is a new all time for you, baby. <laughs> heads and tails. I was like, I was doing mental gymnastics to, to make it make sense that this movie would be taking place in Africa. <laughs> See, and now I'm just doing Karen from Mean Girls, like, but you're white. <laughs> but also, can we get an African remake then that is set at their Lake Victoria with actors from there? That'd be amazing. Sure. And that that could be your scary piranha. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see them yeah. do the tension. <laughs> no fun. I was going to say, well, Primeval takes place in Africa, but everyone is still white in the movie. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> Wait, is it? No, Orlando Jones is oh, in that movie. Oh, Orlando Jones is in it. That is. Oh, God, way to find the one black actor yeah. in the cast of white people. <laughs> oh, man. T- 2007, take me back. Oh, boy. Now I kind of want to watch Primeval. Though. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, Jake has a mother. She's Milfy. She's the sheriff, and her name is Julie. She is played by Elizabeth Shue, and she will be doing a Terminator impersonation later on because she strips down to a tank top. But, okay, her introductory like, her introduction is great because she gets mm-hmm. the fucking, like, teach this guy who's boss and then she gets that great line as she she holds her taser out for the camera for the 3d effect Mm -hmm. but tells them that they'll be pissing lightning bolts into next week yep (laughs) love it yeah she does not suffer fools which initially when you first meet her you think oh she's coming on really strong and then later on they say there's twenty thousand teenagers coming tomorrow and i was just like oh she's seen some shit okay yeah have either one of y'all done like done spring break before no. I went to Fort Lauderdale on spring oh. break, baby. Oh, why would you? Ever <laughs> it was the worst. <laughs> Does not seem like you're seeing it all. <laughs> it was not. But there is a funny story about how me and my then girlfriend at the time lied to all of our friends and said we lost our virginity. And then when she got married, he got brought up at the wedding and her husband <gasps> was not impressed. Oh, no. Did he think that she was saving herself for him? No, she knew that she and he knew the truth that we had lied. So he was like, I can't believe people still believe that. I am your first. (laughs) That was not my story to tell. I'm sorry. It's okay. You didn't give any names yet. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Fort Lauderdale. Oh, boy. That was like... Hey, do you want to go for a walk on the beach? Also, let's hope we don't step on a syringe. There, there is, yeah, there's, I've never done spring break. There's never been a time where I've been like, that looks fun. No. Um, mm-hmm. I will say there is a surprisingly very funny movie. It's not spring breakers, but it's spring break down. And it is Parker mm. Posey, Amy Poehler, 
and Rachel Dratch. And they play a bunch of like adults who like were losers when they were in college and high school. They never got to do spring break and they have to go to spring break to like save Jane Lynch's politician's daughter who's, uh, oh my God, oh my God, Joan of Arcadia, Amber Tamlin. Oh. But they all do spring break and it's like this, like the shitty, anyway, sorry, it's really, really funny, but it went straight to DVD. (laughs) Okay. I mean, that's a great cast. Mm -hmm. I will say Spring Breakers is also a great movie, but not at all funny. And my version of Spring Break would be Barb and Star. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) I would just like to say it seems like hell. It does. Uh, Yeah. No. Can you imagine working it? No. Like, Mm -mm. also, how many police are on this, on her force? Four. It, yeah, it seems like she has very few, but that during the massacre, there's all of a sudden a bunch of extra guys on boats. But by yeah. extra, I mean, yeah, I think they doubled from two to four. Because <laughs> there's her and Bing Rames, and then later she gets an actor whose name I forget, but who I know because he does mm-hmm. a lot of uh, voiceovers. He does a lot of uh, animated voice acting, mm-hmm. so I recognized him. And yeah. then some other guy. I mean, there's definitely like a couple cops pulling people out of the water during the massacre, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. like, you need an army. Yeah, like she has as many police officers as this film had visual effects artists. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Megan's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I've got to go. Bye. <laughs> Nine nine p.m. and I'm very old. You were talking about being in college in 2010. That makes me feel very, very old. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated in 2011. So oh. you were like the 17 of uh of college? Yeah. <laughs> I think oh that's God. just called 21. <laughs> I don't know. Everything's different down south for me. I graduated from grad school in 2004. 2006. So. There you go. Oh, the same what? same with me. You and I are the same age, Megan. Okay, good. Well, that's why I like this movie then. It must be an age gap. Oh my god, we both like this movie as well. <laughs> we just don't make excuses for its Terminator CGI. We can't see, we can't tell if things are real or not because of our old, old eyes. True. My cataracts prevent me from telling whether it's CGI oh, or practical. Put my glasses down on my nose. You know, admitting it is the first step to healing. <laughs> oh boy. <clears throat> So Jake has a crush on Kelly, played by Jessica Shore, and she is dating douchebag DJ Todd, who is played by Cody Longo, who I definitely recognize and could not remember what he was from and could not be bothered to look him up. I do appreciate that they get rid of this whole love triangle dynamic immediately. I for sure thought that they were going to try to get on the boat and track them down and sabotage the shoot. And I was like, no, I do not want any of this, please. And then he just shows up later and is a terrible person and dies. Yeah. Which, as much as I think, hey, no offense to Jessica Jor. I mean, Vanessa, I don't know who could have made that character interesting on Gossip Girl. No one. No one. But it does at least endear me to this Kelly character because she, are they dating? Are they boyfriend and girlfriend? It doesn't, they're not, right? She is dating him for concert tickets that fall through, but she doesn't see, she seems very, oh, well, if you can get them, yes, we will go on this date, but I don't think they're dating. Well, that that endeared me to her more because it's like, she clearly knows he's a piece of shit. S wasn't sure if what he supposedly had tickets to was real or not, because again, old, even in 2010. Wait, like like you didn't know if he was lying to her or if you didn't know if the band he said actually existed. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Huba Stank? What is oh that? <laughs> well, I would say that the opening of this is is very timeless because you could have, you know, 
a small police force and the bikini clad boats mm-hmm. filling the lake at any time. But then mm-hmm. LMFAO started playing. Oh my god! Said, oh, this is 2010. So perfect. I mean, the, the Shwayze's Get You Home that plays over the opening credits. P.S. Also played in Sorority Row. Haha. <laughs> it's almost like they've got a type. These writers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If only they kept doing movies like this instead of going into the Saw universe. Oh boy, would have been better. The for Saw everybody. universe needs more LMFAO. <laughs> Honestly, when they were announced to be doing Jigsaw, I was like, oh shit, are we about to get a campy Jigsaw? That's going to be great. It's not. I remember when we were all so excited and it was just yeah. like, no. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> no. Which is so disappointing because if you describe Saw in certain ways, it is very campy. But then 100%. it's not when you actually watch it. The amount of cloaks alone. <laughs> the cloak budget. <laughs> the cloak budget, uh, the the small model work budget, like the fact that Jigsaw apparently has 12 different jobs that he's an expert at at all mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The damn puppet. Yeah. The existence of a puppet. <laughs> Just a puppet. Mm-hmm. Any puppet. <laughs> now I'm imagining like Jigsaw with a Kermit the Frog. I mean, o- honestly, I feel like the studio mandate. Like, yeah, let these guys write the Saw sequel they want to write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's give them a second shot. Oh, wait, Spiral from the Book of Saw. <laughs> Third time's the charm. <laughs> Oh, no, guys, we'll really get it right this time. We swear. I mean, look, Spiral is a step up from Jigsaw. Not a huge one, but it's a step up. It's true. This is a tangent-filled episode. Oh, boy. Okay. So, yes, so we're introduced to Kelly, but she's off with Todd, whatever. And then this is where we meet younger sister Laura, played by Brooklyn Prue. And she is busy complimenting the boobs on Danny, who is played by Kelly Brooke. And she is a actress in air quotes in Derek, a.k.a. Jerry O'Connell's Wild Wild Girls video. I love kelly brooke in this movie i love this character so much and megan you are right and we'll get to when we talk about her death but like that she dies is Mm -hmm. fucking horrendous i hate that this character dies yeah she earned her life (laughs) she earned it also she brags about being able to like doing pole dancing and stuff so and she's like crawling off of there as if she had never pole danced in her life yeah, yeah that that definitely seemed like the character said the line and then the actress had to execute the move but i will also agree with both of you that kelly brooke is fantastic there is no reason why this character should work and i think it's largely responsible to kelly brooke's performance well i mean like i mean again we'll talk about the treatment of women in this film a lot and how this film obviously objectifies them blah 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 mm-hmm. but i do like that the I mean, Kelly Brook isn't an adult film actress, but the other one is. Crystal? Yeah, Crystal. She she is an actual adult film actress, as are many of the, um like, the girl who gets, like, the wire through her her body and gets right. cut in half. That's yes. an adult film star. Uh, oh. The woman who's doing the parasailing is an adult film star. Okay. So, I mean, I at least like that. I don't know. I feel like maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I do feel like it puts them in a... Like a normalized light almost. Well, maybe Kelly. <laughs> maybe <laughs> Danny. Maybe not Crystal as much. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Crystal's not a character, but Danny kind of is when the yeah. film remembers that she's actually on screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all this to say, yes, there's a bit of a meet cute. You begin to wonder if uh, Danny is the girl that Jake is going to end up with and not Kelly. And then Jake scores himself a job working for Derek as a bit of a location scout slash PA. So this would all be great, except for the fact that Jake is supposed to be watching his younger siblings every spring break because mom is 
obviously dealing with 20,000 people coming to town. <laughs> Jake can't care about that because he's too busy looking at Derek's website and wild, wild. <laughs> He keeps getting caught nearly <laughs> masturbating. Is he masturbating or is he just trying to look at a site that looks like he should be masturbating to it? He's just looking at it. If he was actually masturbating, his hand would be in a different place. His hand is in a place and it's covered by a magazine because he clearly does have a boner. You gotta wait for your mom to actually leave the whole <laughs> he, Like he doesn't even wait for the door to click. And she clearly <laughs> knows what he's doing because she just waits a beat and then opens it back up to tell him dinner's ready. And his computer screen faces the door. Yeah, that's mm. rookie mistake right rookie there. Mistake. No, but no, also, on. also, I'm sorry. Um, growing up, I did not have a personal laptop. And by growing up, I mean, I was in high school four years before this movie came out and I had a family computer that we all worked on. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah. were you 17, were you 21, or were you, like... <laughs> I was 17, I, I was this kid's age four years before this movie came out. And this is when you were living on Lake Victoria in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all. I'm just trying to get your story straight, because things are not adding up for you. It's fine, it's fine, it's and fine. You don't know what, I mean, oh, you had to share the family computer i was 17 mm -hmm. in 1998 oh god yeah i mean there was still just magazines <laughs> there was like there was an internet but i mean what was it doing for anyone yeah yeah i mean look if it makes you feel any better when i was in the school newspaper in fourth grade i used a typewriter to turn in my articles yeah that sounds about right <laughs> man when you had to have a bottle of fucking white out because <gasps> no mm -hmm. just no i was yeah that was that was rough but <laughs> Anyway. Okay, so uh, all this to say, yes, funny, haha, maybe masturbating. If not, it's just, <laughs> it's it's Julie having a good laugh at Jake's expense, and I, I liked it. So. Yeah, she, she, uh, she's a good mom. I like her. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, so she ends up leaving, so she and Deputy Fallon, who is Ving Rames, can go and recover Matt's upper body from the water. This scare did not work for me. No, but the body looks really good. <laughs> it does, yes. It does. I feel like this one is probably not CGI and maybe <laughs> is practical. I think the bugs are probably CGI, like the bugs that are crawling out of his eye hole. The and bugs are definitely yeah. Yeah. Maybe, CGI, maybe just a little bit. But yeah. the body itself, I think it was practical. <laughs> and the practical effects are good. I mean, they, they have to are. be good. Isn't it Greg Nicotero? Yeah, it is Greg Nicotero, yeah. Oh, that explains it. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, on, honestly, just go look at the gore featurette, because they, they do chop up this two-hour and ten-minute featurette into, like, seven smaller ones. Mm-hmm. The amount of work they did on prosthetics yeah. for this movie is bonkers. I was just like, I mean, shit, no, no wonder the budget was so high. <laughs> Which is frustrating, though, because I feel like a lot of that hard work comes together in very concentrated doses, or it's that beach massacre scene. And like, when you get to it, it is really good, but it feels like there's just a lot of underwater CGI blurry redness up until that yeah. point. So... Like, by the time we got to the beach stuff, I was so hungry and ready for the practical effects, and they really do deliver, but I just, I wish I could have gotten that throughout the entire film. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. They could have used more discoveries of bodies, maybe, because mm. they find this one, and then they're kind of like, well, that's no good, and... Let's go investigate some underwater vortex action. 
Well, because yeah. I mean, because we we get the cliff diver who like gets chomped up. We have the parasailer, and then yeah, mm-hmm. we have Dina Mayer and Carlos from Desperate Housewives who are like they get killed down there. That's yeah. who he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you may also oh. recognize him from uh, Santa Clarita Diet because he's like their nosy neighbor in that. Oh, show. Yes. Right, 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 right. Yep. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was driving me nuts. Yep. And they're both great, and they both get jack shit to do. In get this movie. nothing no. to do in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those things where I think as genre enthusiasts, we get very excited because we do recognize these folks. I wonder if, you know, our our parents or our friends who maybe don't watch all that much media go to see this. They're just going to be like, oh, extras. Cool. Chomp, chomp. Nom, nom. I would love to understand the circumstances under which my parents would see Piranha 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm also thinking about the parents of these child actors. who are like, Oh, my God. You can't go see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you got your check we put it in the bank now you're going home i mean we just wanted you to get a tan they said that you were going to stand on an island for a couple of days we don't understand why do we have to take you to therapy now why are you wetting the bed why do you know the word boobs <laughs> why are you facebook friends with eli roth now <laughs> oh, no. God. oh boy okay so speaking of the kids, yes, um, in the morning, Jake pays off Laura. I love that she's savvy enough to demand money and then more money. So she she agrees to take his money so that she will look after their younger brother, Zane, who is played by Sage Ryan. And the whole thing is like, they just have to stay in the house all day. So naturally, that's the one thing that they cannot do. And they do not do that <laughs> at all. No, Immediately. Not even for a second. No. <laughs> Well, the fishing's better on the island. The fuck it is? You are under 10. Why are the two of you getting into a canoe with no life jackets on? Okay, yeah, that drove me nuts. Okay, I know you grew up on this lake and all, but that doesn't matter when you're drowning. Well, also, the little brother is an idiot because he also lets their canoe float away. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh. (laughs) I thought I tied it. They needed, uh, at least one of those kids had to go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The boy. Yeah. I would say the boy, yeah. Because, I mean, Laura's actually quite lovely. Yeah, sorry, boy. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know your name is probably... Zane. Is it? It sure. is. It's, if I had you to say look so. I had to look it up. <laughs> and you know how I figured it out? Because of the last name. That is the only way I could figure it out. Oh, my God. <laughs> how do you have three children and you name them Jake? So maybe Jacob, mm-hmm. Laura, mm-hmm. and Zane. Zane. I really wanted to have a child who would grow up to be a rock star in LMFAO. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> they just watched The Phantom. <laughs> and they were like, you know, what's a great name? Oh Zane. God. Zane. Jesus. Yes. Uh, okay, this is when we're introduced to seismologist diver Novak. No first name, or maybe that is his first no, name. No, yeah. Just go, he just, he just, just Novak. He's just Novak. <laughs> Novak. <laughs> You know, it's like Madonna, Cher, Novak. I, I will tell y'all, it is also really funny on those commentaries. Like, you, you know, like actors, they're always on when they're doing those production things. They have to sell mm-hmm. the movie they're working on. So I get it. But it's always really funny when you see someone that's like, yeah, you know, I always think about what my character would want to do. And I was like, you are in Piranha yeah. 3D. <laughs> <laughs> Your character is trying to survive. That's all. Like. <laughs> but where am I from? Yeah. My dreams. Who is Novak, really? <laughs> What's driving him? Is he hungry? Does he drive a small car or a I think a he's truck? upset, but like excited by the things that are around him right now. Mm-hmm. He's a seismologist, but why? 
Yeah. What, may, what, what made me want to go to seismology school? These are the important questions. Like, Piranha just isn't doing the work here. I bet he had a whole notebook <laughs> that he brought. Oh, my God. <laughs> a character diary. Yes. <laughs> he was method the whole time. It's like Jared Leto is the Joker. Oh He's just on. So you're suggesting okay. he sent Elizabeth Shue the used condoms in the mail? And a piranha, an actual piranha. Yeah. What? That's what Novak would do. Novak be Novaking. Can't can't be helped. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, so they're there. Cool. Uh, meanwhile, the party is in full swing. Derek is filming Danny and Crystal, played by Riley Steele. They are dancing and motorboating to the delight of the crowd. And we should note that this luxury rented yacht is called the Barracuda. Um, I also love that De- Jared Connell's going to the crowd. I say tit, you say ease. I say tit, you say ease. <laughs> Class act, that guy. I think they said that he and Paul Shear ad-libbed a lot of their lines, yeah. and I am not surprised at all. We should note Paul Shear is in this movie as Guy. Yeah. Uh, his name is Andrew. Oh, How dare. Well. How did this guy get cast? Yeah. This character, I mean, th- this Derek character, he is obviously modeled after Joe Francis, the creator of Girls Gone Wild. And apparently, mm-hmm. okay, so here's the thing. And I, admittedly, I have never seen Girls Gone Wild. I have seen the the commercials they used to air at Late Night on Comedy Central yeah. because, you know, that's what they were. Did you watch Boys Gone Wild? No. Okay, so, <laughs> but I cannot imagine it was successful, and I have to believe it was very gay. It was very gay, but also the most boring vanilla version of gay that you can imagine. Like, Ugh. imagine, like, throwing Mardi Gras beads at guys so that they would flash you the shaft. You're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> okay, okay, so cause here's the thing. beads. Exactly. Girls Gone Wild is clearly for horny little boys, right? Who is Boys Gone Wild for? Because, Megan, does does that appeal to women? Not to me. You speak for all women. I do, yes. (laughs) That's why you're here, Megan. Represent. It does not. But legally, they could not say it was based on this guy because Joe Francis was offended. He was litigious, too, wasn't he? Like, wasn't he suing people? Yeah. He had to know. You have to look in the mirror every day when you're Joe Francis and know that you're garbage. (laughs) Oh, I would hope so. It's just one of those things, though, where it's like, I, I'm just surprised. I'm surprised that this is the thing where he's like, this is ruining my reputation. Mm-hmm. I care about my portrayal in Piranha 3D. <laughs> and honestly, if we're like, when you look at this movie, A, we know exactly who it is. But B, it's not as though he's that bad. Like, he's obviously a shitty dude, but he's a shitty dude in a movie filled with shitty dudes. Yeah. His main issue was the cocaine abuse and the soliciting minors. But I was like, but he doesn't really solicit minors. Like, does he? It's just Kelly, and he backs off. Yeah, as soon as he finds out she's a minor. Yeah, as soon as he hears that the M word, he's like, okay. Yeah. Never yeah. Mind. So, really, he's kind of a nice guy. <laughs> I mean, let's not apologize for his behavior in this film. Oh, my God. Um, Also, fun fact, Girls Gone Wild went bankrupt in 2013, but then it was sold to Bang Brothers in 2014. Are they the guys who do the Vanga bus? I was thinking bait bus, actually, but... I know you were. (laughs) 
And also, I feel like we've referenced the bait bus at least once in the last six weeks, and I don't want to know why, and I don't want to be reminded. So let's move on. I keep wanting our straight listeners to just go Google it to see. No, what it we is said and, and not then, to do and that, then get, and then get angry mail. Don't don't look up wild wild girls. Don't look up girls gone wild. Don't look up boys gone wild, and don't look up bait bus. I'm looking at boys gone wild right now. I don't know what you're talking it's about. It's not worth it. It's really not. <laughs> The internet has pornography. It's right there. Well, not in 2010. Well, no, no, yes, no in 2010. don't kid yeah. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go okay. move on. It did, but you had to pay for it. Right. Yes. yes. So uh, Kelly is persuaded by Derek to come aboard because, of course, at this point, she has learned that Todd didn't have the tickets to, I don't know, Creed. So <laughs> off she goes. <laughs> Ten years too late for that. <laughs> Okay, uh, Chumbawamba? Will Chumbawamba do? Is that a band? Ah, what? Tub Thumper? Trace. Oh, no, Trace doesn't know music, <laughs> Megan. Sorry. Oh, this is worse than when I'm on TikTok. I'm showing my age. Yeah, Trace, when you edit this episode, just throw in a little bit of Chumbawamba there for you. I, I can't believe that's a real name. Oh, um, okay. that's great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we set off, and this is also where we learn that Zane and Laura have gotten stuck on this nearby island. Who could care? Snooze. Uh, we're introduced to Derek's cameraman assistant, Andrew, who is played by Paul Shear. The funny gag is that he's a bit of a douchebag, but he doesn't want his nose to burn. Insert laughter. <laughs> that's that's all you need to know about his character. He yeah. re- he always has his nose covered in sunscreen. <laughs> yes. I lost track of where he went. I guess after he was killed, there was a point where I was like, "Okay, where thank he? you, Megan. Thank you." Because I had to message <laughs> Trace and be like, "So does he die?" Because in the deleted scenes, he has a really funny death scene that they couldn't afford to do the FX work on. So it's just Paul Sheer like swiping at the air as a not there piranha bites off his nose. Oh, the nose. Chekhov's nose. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> in the movie we see he just falls in the water and we don't see him again, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, basically, yeah, the deleted scene Joe's describing, he basically makes his way to a very shallow rock. Mm-hmm. And while standing on the rock in, like, ankle-deep water, the fish just start, like, jumping on him and attacking him. And he, like, they, he, they get him on the bottom and assumingly eat him. Yeah. But it's, because the effects aren't done, it is just Paul Shear Flailing. Yeah. Pretending <laughs> like fish are eating him. <laughs> it's very funny. They should have left that. <laughs> Andrew went mad. They should have just put the storyboard in there <laughs> in the actual yes. final cut. Well, what's also really funny to imagine is that this would have been the entire movie six weeks before it premiered. Yep. I, oh, oh my God. Wasn't there a show that did that? There was a show that they didn't finish it before the pandemic. So they just put in like storyboards or. Oh. I mean, mm. I, I've seen that on TV shows. Like I've literally, yeah. like, I, I've gotten like screeners. Yeah, well, yeah, I've gotten that in screeners. But there was something that came out, and like they put this on television. Oh, oh dear. I don't know. But I'll tell you right now, if Dimension or whatever Dimension is now wants to release the Piranha-less version of Piranha 3D, <laughs> I will be in the front fucking row. <laughs> is it like pir- Piranha minus Piranha? Yeah, like like you you just you just don't have you remove all the CGI effects and it is just watching the movie without all of them. We'll make it black and white like Fury Road, <laughs> like Blood and Chrome. 
<laughs> oh, make make it the the dramatic and thrilling version of it, right? There's no piranha in here. This is a drama about people battling their inner demons. Nobody here but us piranha. Then who took his penis? <laughs> yeah, he just, it's a it's a story about a man who loses his penis after doing too much coke. <laughs> they they took my penis. <laughs> they took my penis. Okay, so the boat docks, and uh, Danny and Crystal do their underwater naked ballet as Derek films it, and it's like fish with boobies. Okay, the, for, so <laughs> I, I've tried to get this movie on our schedule for a while, and Joe, I think it was a couple years ago, Joe was like, well, what's queer about that movie? And I was mm-hmm. like, there's literally a lesbian underwater ballet sequence that goes on for, I want to say, 10 hours. So... <laughs> <laughs> narrator voice it's about two minutes (laughs) this okay i love this this is hilarious it is very what i assume straight men think Mm -hmm. women want to watch (laughs) if they're interested in women they're like this is what lesbians do right Mm -hmm. They didn't know they were appealing to the gays with this one no it is very silly and very funny i will say i think in a way, I could envision this being captured by an actual auteur, not a Derek, and you could film this and make it an artsy porn, and people would probably applaud it. But in the hands of a auteur like him, uh, yeah, this is schlocky and exploitative in the way that it is in Aja's hands, but it's delightful and stupid. Yeah, and it's very odd that this is what they would choose to show that he's filming this porn because this is not what it's this not. character would do. No. He would have just had them on the deck of the ship. Because remember, it's 3D. Mm-hmm. So, it's a 3D underwater naked lesbian ballet sequence. <laughs> yeah. You got to get those floating tatas in there. And, and th- these girls, I mean, they, they apparently, like, rehearsed for two weeks, like, getting to hold their breath for longer, like, doing mm-hmm. the different takes. They looked lovely. They did. I just don't think that this is it's what too classy. would have been produced. It is. It's too classy. For sure. For sure. But. Which is why, you know, we get Derek and Andrew yelling things like, tits, tits, and put your ass on the glass when Jake's mom <laughs> calls him. Um, if fish looked like that, I would fuck fish. I would only fuck fish! <laughs> <laughs> checks out yeah <laughs> but the call that jake gets from his mom <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he says like oh one of my friends pitched a tent which haha double entendre Mwah-mwah. but <laughs> it's so nice to see the kids playing with each other <laughs> so dumb. terrible terrible i love this also did it did we all enjoy his flip phone because whoo 2010 oh, yeah. <laughs> The fact that they're filming it through the glass bottom of the boat mm-hmm. is truly astonishing to me because I just don't think that that's what you do. Mm-mm. He'd be and... in the water with an underwater camera. Yeah. And I'm still just not over the fact that they were trying to do this like weird, classy, like late night <laughs> Red Shoe Diaries. Right? Well, it's because they were about to go into bankruptcy and he was trying to bring them out of bankruptcy by changing his style this and appealing true. to more mainstream audiences of this era. Well, if era. he's going to make it a Red Shoe Diaries, he's got to have, there's got to be a story. You got to have <laughs> plot, Derek. But uh, honest, I'm less bothered by the fact that he's doing this than, yeah, you're right, by shooting them through the glass, which how much of that is it really going to pick up? You got to yeah. worry about the reflection of the sun coming off that shit. Like, make sure the glass is clean. It's probably not. How clear is the water? Like, ugh. right. Yeah. It's very risky if he's hedging everything on this. Exactly. Exactly. 
Though I will say I love a glass bottomed boat because it, you know, when I think of other films that have done this, uh, Trace, I think of 47 meters down uncaged with that great sequence, like, give me a glass bottom and then break that shit and then strand a couple of people and eat them. Oh, if you put a glass bottom boat in a movie and you don't break that glass, your movie sucks. What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, um, yes, we then unfortunately have to go back to Laura and Zane, and we get this little moment where Laura cuts her foot in the shallows, and this is our first glimpse of an (laughs) underwater piranha vision, as well as... it's meant to be jokey that we see the piranha kind of wink at us. Yeah, I would say, I mean, again, it's not It's not like we're not going to see a piranha vomit a severed penis back at us in a minute. So right? <laughs> I believe, yes, the piranha would be winking at us. Just like, hedge your bets. Give me the dick burp. Don't give me the eye wink. Yeah. Okay, so yes, this is when we have Novak and his teammates, Sam and Paula, checking out this cavern. It is massive. We've got glowing piranha eggs. They're just waiting to be hatched. It's just a matter of time. Sam gets it pretty quickly, and then we have to watch as Paula tries to swim, and she does not make it. Novak ends up pulling her very, very desiccated-looking <laughs> corpse up onto yeah. this boat, and they get oh. a single piranha out of all of this. So not just because I want more of Dina Meyer and Carlos, but like it is this is a really cool setting Mm -hmm. that i wish was a bigger set piece in the film like Mm yeah i don't know what you could have done because again the whole thing is you know he lights his flare and boom like all the piranha are right there Mm -hmm. i don't know i wish there was more teasing in this scene before we get to it yeah yeah maybe we could have learned anything about these characters (laughs) (laughs) and also i know it was years after starship troopers but i mean dina meyer could have taken her top off yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just putting that out there. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, because because honestly, we we really know nothing about her character. At least with no. Carlos, it's like, well, he's kind of a piece of shit because all he wants to talk about is like naked ladies mm-hmm. and how we can. He's like an electric eel because he fits into such tight spaces. It's shocking. <laughs> so at least like we at least have an idea of who this man is. <laughs> so it would have been nice if, she, if, if we found out they were just fucking. And so as soon as she gets down there, she's like, "All right, my top's coming off," which is really just her entire wetsuit. Exactly. Or if she was like a lady equivalent pervert like let, <laughs> yes you know uh, let's have her talking about how you know i don't know i was like what's a urethra joke i can make about what she would say now i got nothing because i mean that's the thing right this movie is parodying the, this kind of the spring break culture the wild the girls gone wild culture mm-hmm. and it's it's over the top and it's well sometimes it's over the top sometimes it's probably more realistic than we care to admit mm. but it's also like, yeah, I kind of wish there was a bit more subversion. Like, yeah, let's see the other side of this, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's see a woman be the horny Randy person. And let's have men be, which, because we don't really have men being objectified in this outside of Derek and yeah. his Speedo, which, good for you, Jerry O'Connell. Which would be fine, except that, you know, I'm contrasting the way that Eli Roths braise all of the girls at the wet t-shirt contest. And we just get these close-up shots of, like, tits <laughs> and asses and yeah. badges. And then when we get Jerry O'Connell in his Speedo, sure, we get to see it. It's great. He looks fantastic. But also then he puts on a shirt. Yeah. And I'm mm. just like, also, where's the crotch shot and the butt shot of Jerry O'Connell? 
Because exactly. if you're going to do it, like, I get it. The joke is, haha, a guy like this wears a Speedo, but also he looks fucking hot and gives something to the girls and the gays. Well, and I think, too, because having a Frenchman direct this film, he's obviously going to be more, like, like lax with sexuality and everything, be more open mm-hmm. to it. But I also feel like that's probably a studio thing where it's like, um, oh, you can't put yeah. naked oh, yeah. dudes in this movie we're releasing. No one's going to go see it. Yeah, you can't do that. It's bad enough we see a penis in any yeah. capacity. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God. That dick should have been real, right? Shouldn't have been CGI. Well, they need it for the 3D effect. <laughs> what was Nicotero doing? Couldn't craft a realistic penis. He was building like 500 extras bodies. Oh my God. This if Euphoria has taught us nothing, it is that you can have plenty of prosthetic dick. I saw, I mean, it's around the same time, I saw Adam Scott have one on HBO. There we go. Yes. Oh my God. Tell me you love me. Tell mm-hmm. me you love me. So good. <laughs> so fucking good okay like uh, i'm sorry but i so that 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 was definitely when i was in college but i 100 percent saved that clip um for future use in my bedroom later that that was y'all if y'all have never seen tell me you love me that is a that is a show just imagining trace at his uh at his dorm computer on wild wild boys looking at this and he was 17 maybe 21 Maybe he was in Africa. Who knows? You don't only see his wife, who I think is Penny from Lost. I think that's who plays this character. Yeah. Jack him off on the couch. So you see it full dick. And then you also see him ejaculate. Hey. That was back when HBO was like, no, we have to sell nudity and violence because it's all we've got for subscriptions. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, never seen anything like it on like regular TV before. That that, that was a real special moment for me. Yeah. So thank you, Megan, for bringing that up. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. Sharing is caring during this piranha episode. <sighs> okay, yeah, so uh, Sam and Paula are dead, and now we've got a bit. Ba- I was going to say, now we've got a barracuda sample, but no, we've got a piranha sample. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, okay, so on the barracuda, we've got Derek trying to get Kelly to do drunken body shots off of Crystal, and it seems like Jake is maybe going to get an opportunity to kiss her, but she's so drunk that she vomits in 3D instead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but like cool. white, like CGI white foam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was she vomiting? Because she was doing, she had just done a body shot. Mm-hmm. So I was tequila. Champagne. She's drinking a bunch of champagne. champagne. Yeah. I was like, did she vomit the bubbles? Yeah. You don't just vomit foam with champagne. Take it from me, kids. <laughs> oh, no. I just thought they forgot to color it in post. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also possible. But, um, but yeah, no, you're, yeah, champagne is possibly the worst hangover I've ever had in my life. Oof. Yeah. It's the bubbles. It also, because it tricks you into drinking lots of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my friend and I once drank, I, oh God, drank four <laughs> bottles of champagne in a day. <gasps> no. Oh, we, Megan. we were watching Parades End. Oh, okay. <laughs> And what more, what do you need from life but Benedict Cumberbatch in mm-hmm. World War One? Yeah. And champagne. Four bottles of champagne. I mean, that doesn't speak highly of the quality unless you were just like, no, let's let's watch Benedict and just get fucked up on champagne. <laughs> that was really the the end, high and low of it, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah but uh, champagne, you wake up the next day and you think, why? Oh, why? Mm-hmm. It's that hangover where your migraine is so bad that it makes you queasy, but then, like, you can't hold down water because you're mm-hmm. so queasy that you just can't hydrate yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ugh, the worst. And then you get on a, a yacht with uh, Derek. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, well, Kelly's basically out of commission until the, the, the climax of this movie. <laughs> this is true. I mean, it's good that she even recovers in time because she spends a lot of time hugging and worshipping that porcelain god. 
Isn't that a pet peeve of y'all's though? When in movies and someone's so fucking wasted, but then it's like, oh, two seconds later they're fine. Whenever like something stressful happens, mm-hmm. yeah, she gets knocked unconscious and then I guess wakes up fine. Like it heals. Yeah, <laughs> it knocked the booze out of her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how it works, isn't it? That's satire. Come on, folks. Oh man. Okay, so uh, back on Dryland, we've got Julie and Novak bringing the specimen to a pet emporium owner, Carl Goodman, played by Christopher Lloyd, and he takes one look at this fucking fish and just immediately identifies <laughs> the breed is two million years old. Here's a fossil. He's got a fossil. I mean, I'll allow it, but I definitely giggled. I also liked that the piranha is in the exact same pose as the fossil. <laughs> Like, that's Megan, me. they only had six weeks. They could only do the piranha in one pose. <laughs> okay, so I have seen this movie a at lot. least ten times in my life. Yes. I never realized that Christopher Lloyd has, like, an assistant lady that works for him who has two lines in this scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why even have this character and just give those lines to Christopher Lloyd? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody needed to get their SAG card, that's why. Yeah, you're feeling generous on set. They're like, you can have a line or two. That's yeah. nice. It's nice for you. You know what? That that chick later who gets uh, topless, she's going to get into the into the Screen Actors Guild. So why not this assistant at the Fish Emporium? <laughs> well, they only had Lloyd for one day on set. So it's like chop, chop. <laughs> Maybe she was in case they, they couldn't get all of his yeah. footage. So they were going to bring <laughs> yeah. her in to do ad, uh, ADR. <laughs> or B-roll. Yeah, like day two B-roll, just in case he didn't make all of them. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So we're back on the Barracuda, and we see that Jake is filming a topless parasailer, and then he spots Lauren Zane on the island in the distance, and he freaks out. But also, Derek is coked out, so he starts accusing Jake of missing the shot. I have a question here, because we see through the camera that Jake is, in fact, definitely capturing this girl in all of her topless action. What the fuck is Derek talking about? He's on coke. He says the money. What is the money shot? I mean, I know I I, I know what (laughs) a money shot is, but in this particular instance, what is the money shot? I don't. Yeah. Her boobs, which we can already see. Yes, exactly. (laughs) It makes no sense at all. I, I attributed it to Derek just being so coked out that he didn't even know what he was saying anymore but mm-hmm. it is baffling so fun fact about this parasailer by the way so she was a last minute replacement for another adult film star mm-hmm. uh they were gonna film this earlier in the shoot but they had something happened they had to postpone it and push it back so when they were gonna get this actress to come back she had actually been arrested because Aww. they were filming an adult movie in los angeles i guess in public and the whole crew got arrested Ooh. oh yeah that's a risk of the business. That's that's a wild, wild girls thing kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't seem... I feel like it's more regulated than that. Like, what were they doing? I mean... Off the books. Well, mm. I mean, I've seen lots of gay porn that takes place in very public places that I'm just like, how? how? Yeah. There's, how? No, there's no license. They have not told anyone about that. Right? Like, <laughs> you were not paying anyone to section this off. Like, like if you are caught, you are caught. But mm-hmm. more power to you. I guess. I mean, I hope... I hope the $2,500 you got paid for that scene covers the indecent exposure slash lewdness that you're probably going to get charged with. 
Ooh, you might be a, have to register as a sex offender after that. Quite possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would think so. I mean, yeah. you have to if you get caught peeing, I imagine, if they oh, catch you. Oh, it's true. Yeah. Possibly also peeing. I don't know. I don't think that's a law in Texas, but in, in Louisiana, it would, if you are caught peeing, you will get a ticket or you'll get arrested. And it's like during Mardi Gras. Oof. Ooh. Good luck. That is really, it is really hard not to pee in an alleyway. <laughs> And this is why we need a cab because uh, police departments should not be funded based on ticketing people who have to pee during Mardi Gras. Yeah, exactly. So Derek initially says, I don't give a shit about those two kids. And for once, we all agree with Derek. Yeah. Except <laughs> then we learn, oh, shit, those are the sheriff's kids. So, yeah, I guess we'll go and pick them up. I mean, that's look, you can get rid of these two kids in this movie and just have it be like his mom wants him to be home and not go on the fucking titty boat mm-hmm. and use the what two and a half scenes we have of these kids by themselves to do other stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, gave a couple of extra moments to uh, Paula and Carlos, whatever that character's name is. Oh, yeah, possibly. Actually, is there a deleted scene with them at all? I did not... Oh, there's, there's a scene where they're driving with Novak into town, but it tells us literally nothing. But that would have been basically their introductory scene instead yes. of, oh, here's these two side characters that we're not going to introduce. <laughs> literally. When I saw Dina, Dinah, Diana... Princess Diana. When I saw Princess Diana <laughs> arrive to do her seismologist action, I was like, what the fuck are you doing, movie? Yes, it was. Honestly, it hurt more so because, again, like, I mean, I feel like the last thing I probably saw her in before this was Saw 3 when she is also, oh, like, fuck wasted you, in that Saw movie. 3. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I think I just want a movie where she is the fucking lead. Like, yeah. I'm sick of all of this. I don't need her in a supporting role where she gets wasted. I'm trying to think, like, what what else do I like Dina Meyer? I, I've definitely seen her in things. But, I mean, besides Starship Troopers, you know? It's really Starship yeah. Troopers, and then she shows up in stuff like this for two minutes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. You know what it was? Bats. Oh, my God. Bats. Bats. <laughs> yes to bats. <laughs> Fuck. Bats. And she played Barbara Gordon slash Oracle slash Batgirl in the- Oh, yeah. Birds st- of Prey. In Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Oh, my gosh. Birds of Prey. <laughs> That is Ugh, also love fun. Me that. that was a time on television. Right? We were just like, what, what are we doing? Remember that Tarzan TV show? Oh, Jesus. The guy from Vikings? I miss the WB, like, the music on tonight's episode is is this. They show you the CDs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it was always Creed. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, boy. Hoobastank and... Chumble I always liked when it would be the most random act that you knew no one was going to go buy the CD because it's like I don't know how mm-hmm. many people were really going to go buy an Amy Mann CD based off of appearance on Buffy. No, I love Amy Mann, but I feel like generally speaking, right. I don't think people were like, "Ooh, who was that? Let me write that down." Yeah, it almost would have been better to have been like music from tonight's episode featuring that chick who did the soundtrack to Magnolia, which your mom likes. Mm. <laughs> Joe, yes. I feel like you have a – she's also – she's not in the first one, but she is in Decoys 2 Alien Seduction. Oh, wow. Don't you like the first one? So that was not on my list of films that I was going to cover for my PhD, but uh, the first <gasps> one was, yes. <laughs> Corey Severier filmed in Ottawa, yes. It's good times, God. good times. It's alien women who freeze men with their junk. Nice. I like it. Can-con. Can-exploitation classic. There we go. 
Okay, you know what? We have delayed the inevitable, but it is time to introduce MC Eli Roth to the mix. I do love all of his boob puns, his weapons of masturbation for boobs. (laughs) That that one was like, oh, you just got to really hang on the pause to get the joke, hey? Okay. Yep, yep. I mean, luckily, though, this movie knows what to do with Eli Roth because it, well, I say it does kind of a spoof of his public persona, but it may not be a spoof after all. But then just kills him in a horrible, horrible way. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's quite enjoyable. They knew the public wanted more Eli Roth. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I do like, okay, so yes, this is a very extended sequence. We get to see so much tits and ass in this, and it's a lot of close-ups, and I'm just like, okay, Aja, oh, it, get it in, get it, it in. It, sh- it literally <laughs> is a Girls Gone Wild video for about yes. two minutes. This like, is what is, Derek yeah. meant to be filming on the boat. <laughs> It's just these, again, like non-linear, just close-ups of boobs shaking in the camera. That's Mm -hmm. all it is. Mm -hmm. Can-cans in the cam-cam. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But this is when, uh, you know, okay, well, we realize we're in danger from these paranhyai. And so Jules is here with Deputy Fallon. They are trying to shut this shit down. When it doesn't work, he pulls out his gun and starts firing. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I don't think that's the way to do it. I mean, look. <laughs> He's just, the other cops are just going, oh, man, now he got his gun out. I don't. Are we supposed to get our guns out? I. Why are we here? <laughs> the cops make a lot of boneheaded decisions on how to hand. A lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people seem to think that shooting a gun into the water right? <laughs> will suffice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I cackled later on. It is too much. Needless to say, it does not work here. If anything, I feel like the partygoers mistake it for fireworks or something because yeah. all of yeah. them just start jumping in the water as a result. You're like, okay, party down, party down. Y'all tell me this, both of you. I, I know you're obligated to your job, the law, blah, 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 protect and serve. <laughs> During the massacre, would you mm-hmm. be staying on a boat to help pick these people up and save them when they just treated you like shit for this? Uh, uh, I'm. I mean, I'm probably Todd in the scenario where I'm getting on the sea do and running over people to get back to shore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know because why were they all just jumping in the water when they were saying that the water wasn't safe? Mm-hmm. Like, have some sense. It's Darwin Awards, right? Like all of these people kind of deserve it, even if they didn't deserve it. Elizabeth Shue with her four policemen. (laughs) We're gonna save all of you. Climb in our boat. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the reality is, is that they would have sunk that boat, and Jules would have died. Also. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen Titanic. Yeah, they're they're everything's getting way down, as we see happen to the big whatever stage. Mm -hmm. I mean, that should tell everyone like we got to spread these people out. Yes. It's, again, another Jaws thing. You know, you got that many people in a boat, they're going to drown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're all going to die. Absolutely. So the reason I know that they cast a bunch of extras for this is because in the summer of 2009, they did a, like, it was on Bloody Disgusting because they posted it there. They did a casting call, like a nationwide casting call for extras to be in the Spring Break Massacre scene of Piranha 3D. Wow. And my ass, who's like taking summer classes, I'm like, oh my God, I can do this. And I totally reached out, got their reply, and they're like... You live in Texas. You know this is in Arizona, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, but I can come down. <laughs> <laughs> and they never replied back. <laughs> Aww. 
Well, it's funny that they would do a nationwide call on a site like Bloody, which gets also, you know, international traffic. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess they wanted to do some free marketing as well, but it is a little surprising that they would go to that much effort and then shut you down if you were willing to go. Yeah, I think they were thinking, I mean, maybe it was, maybe they wanted it to be more like, hey, people in the area come and do it or people, yeah, maybe... Uh, I don't know. I probably said I'm a college student. I have no money, so pay for me. <laughs> right. And they were like, no, thank They're you. They're like, wait, are you a busty co-ed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was no. like, no, but I'm a twink. Don't you have a gay section? You were like, I'm 17 to 21 years old, and I really fill out a Speedo. And they were like, oh, we have Jerry O'Connell. Thank you. We're good. <laughs> we, we have the one. Now, I will say, though, because they, they, they planned the spring break stuff. Like, so they had like a... a they mapped it out, mm-hmm. and they had a boat for everything. They had a pirate boat. They had something called a diaper boat, which is apparently oh, where men wear uh-huh. diapers yep. on the boat. <laughs> They're very visible in the sequence. What? Did you not see the adult men in diapers? <laughs> I must have been looking at something else. Oh, yeah. There's three of them, and it is a tragedy. (laughs) So a lot of it's happening very fast. Actually, so if you, again, if you just go back and watch the massacre scene again, just look at everyone. So not only, yeah, it's like you can see all the theme boats that they're working with. You'll also see that all these extras are, like, giving it their all. Oh, they're going so hard. I saw one who was, like, she had no emotion on her face when there was mayhem around her, but everyone else is, like, giving it their all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That one lady gets the old the old ghost ship. Ah, so good. <laughs> Surprised they only got one. Yeah, I mean, there's another one behind her who just kind of falls over. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like... it, it, it goes to, like, half of her body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess uh, she was the one that we didn't have the money to do the effects work on. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they didn't have ghost ship money. No. They're not cutting everyone in half. Prana doesn't have ghost ship money. I don't have that dark <laughs> castle funding. Oh my god, dude, right? I, actually, ghost ship probably had like, no. It's Gabriel Byrne money. Mm. Well, no, because here, here's the thing. Anna Margulies money. <laughs> well, because House of Haunted Hill had like a $45 million budget. I think they downsized after that, didn't they? Or did they go up? I, so I think it went up for 13 ghosts. And mm-hmm. then for, yeah, okay. Oh my God. The budget for Ghost Ship, a movie mm-hmm. that came out eight years before Piranha, okay. was $20 million. Whoa. I mean, admittedly, that movie is the weakest of all the Dark Castle films in terms, like, there's a reason we only ever talk about that opening sequence. It's a montage set to new metal. (laughs) Well, because I I, I think both House of Haunted Hill and 13 Ghosts were like $40 million budgets. And then Mm -hmm. when 13 Ghosts underperformed, they dropped the budget for Ghost Ship. Yeah. 13 Ghosts underperformed because all those ghosts are gross. Um, That is a gross ghost movie. Yeah, I just remember like finally getting around to Gothica, and I think the budget's even lower than twenty million, or maybe like just on par. But I was yeah. like, oh, I'm so sad for Halle Berry that they basically shot this movie in a dark hallway in a closet. <laughs> God, uh, oh, Joe, mm-hmm. <laughs> the budget for Gothica, which came out a year after Ghost Ship, mm-hmm. was forty million dollars. No! <laughs> Most and expensive hallway and closet. <laughs> That was all Halle Berry, and she deserves it. She, she just won her Oscar. She just won her Oscar. Oh, then yeah. Yeah. Uh, Charles S. Dutton just eating the bottom half of her jaw. It haunts my dreams. Oh. $40 million. <laughs> I cannot. Yes, Dark Castle <laughs> was just like Scrooge McDuck swimming in <laughs> dough. I cannot believe them. God, I miss oh, them so much. I do too. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, okay, uh, we are not there. We have gotten so sidetracked. You know oh. what? You know why? It's because of me in the film we're talking about zane and laura getting rescued on the barracuda and it getting stuck in seaweed and it's just who could care well okay so we get the Chekhovs like because as they're leaving the shore jake is like oh be careful getting out of here the rocks sometimes strip away the engine and i was like oh put that in your back pocket for oh yeah. no right now no, right now right, <laughs> right now literally right now <laughs> Yeah, and also these scenes are really brief. Like originally in my notes, I was like, and then we start cross-cutting and it was like, no, we do this and then we get the beach massacre. Yeah, yeah. Um, So really, I I don't know if there's anything else we want to talk about. I do enjoy watching that floatable stage fall over in slow motion. Eli Roth gets hit by a boat. He does. Because Joe, you know why you like that thing flipping over? It's like the the water equivalent (gasps) of uh, someone getting trampled. It's a stampede. Yep. God, I love a stampede. We should note that uh, Deputy Fallon is shooting, no, sorry, Novak is shooting guns off of his sea while he's picking up one to two people at a time. No, so, okay, that, okay, like, so he, he does save like two people, but it was one of those things where he, he first of all, he almost gets in the thing. Then he's like, oh, wait. And he goes to get a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And then he gets in the thing. He like does like a little like gymnastics, like bar leap. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Why are you using a shotgun when you should really just be using your two hands on the steering wheel of Correct. your jet ski? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what? what is shooting the water, Mr. Seismologist, mm-hmm. going to do? Uh, but then Fallon gets the motor the boat the motor of a boat <laughs> the propeller yes and just starts spinning it through the water just killing killing pranon it's beautiful but that admittedly at least works we have no confirmation that novaks work and then jewel shoots her taser and she gets approximately one what <laughs> approximately one that's why you need ving rames and because then it gives one of the deputies a big dramatic no 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 moment is that your voice actor it is actually (laughs) that is him like we don't see ving rames again after this right yeah i i thought he died yeah oh so yeah he he will come back in that sequel if you care to watch it but um Nah, it's very I, much um, the oh okay we're doing this to our black character are we oh good i mean it's a it's a good scene for him he plays it well it's lots of fun but also i was like motherfucker are we <laughs> we're killing the black character yeah there's like three white deputies on that boat get well, them in the water in knee deep water like he yeah. can literally just take a few steps back <laughs> exactly <laughs> And I mean, I know we already mentioned it, but y'all, that that propeller hair and the propeller, her oh. face getting—it is. That's one of my favorite things I've ever seen put mm-hmm. on celluloid. That mm-hmm. was ooh, as gruesome mm. and very disgustingly realistic. I was like, yes. I feel like I could read this in some sort of you know ranker list of oh, ways people sure. have died at the beach. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- there's no faster way to get my butthole to like tighten up than just to use the word dig loving. Um, yeah. That that is. <laughs> how, often, how often does this happen? Uh, uh, it's, fairly, it's a Gerald's game. It's fairly frequent. N- not in film, but in like real life, like a lot of ac- car accidents will will dig love someone. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. No. Like hands get degloved a lot, arms or partial face degloving if you if your face scrapes the concrete. Mm, oh yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. So uh, just uh, 
Wear your seatbelt. Also, it happens in a lot of Hellraiser films. Just saying. <laughs> That's, That's true. true. Full body. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, don't ever Google a penile degloving. No. Oh my God, Trace, stop it. No. I, no. You know what? Absolutely I, I did not, it once, sir. Never again. Why? Because I saw, I saw some, it was a report and it was like, yeah, it was a penile degloving. No. And I was like. Oh God, no. Your imagination could have filled in those Well, gaps. no. Okay. But, but here's the thing, though. It, no. it was a thing where I was like. It cannot look worse than how I'm imagining no, it, and I so I need does. to see what it really no. looks like to Ew. get this fake no. image out of my head. <laughs> no. 17 to 21-year-old Trace at the computer in his dorm in Africa oh. closes the boys, <laughs> boys, boys gone wild tab, opens up the penile degloving tab, and it's all no. Mm-mm. You found my kink. God. <sighs> well, if that is truly someone's kink... We're not going to shame you for it, but Jesus, no, fuck, no. no. <laughs> Megan's like, we aren't. <laughs> well, we try not to kink what shame. It, no, it's true. It's true. But when it's violence, I get a little like, oh, mm-hmm. it's true. I, everyone had better sign a lot of paperwork. But how? How would you? No. How does it happen? What situations oh. would do this? <laughs> I almost want to look it up now. Okay, we need to move on. All right. Okay. You're welcome. There's going to be enough penile trauma. Right. Oh, God. Ugh, okay. Yeah, Eli Ross dead. Todd dies after becoming a serial murderer. We don't get to see him die, though, right? Like, he just falls off the he boat. He just falls and off like, the boat and... Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. That's a waste. He des- he deserves something better. Uh, speaking of, of bad people getting their dues, uh, <laughs> we've got Derek getting the boat unstuck and promptly driving it into a rock and cracking the crystal bottom. And then uh, he and Crystal actually fall into the water... And how do we feel about this facial oral death of crystals with the piranha? There's a lot of eyeballs in this movie. There is. Mm-hmm. It's true. And that one, yeah. Poor Crystal. I think, yeah, it, it sucks for her. But uh, yeah, the, the the piranha like eating its way through the back of her neck and mm-hmm. coming out of her mouth. Oh. That, that that's, a special, that's a special kind of death. And uh-huh. I really appreciate this film going there. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely one of those ones where I just think, I think with better visual effects, this could have been an all-timer on par with the girl getting degloved with the face. Well, th- that's the thing, though, right? It's in- If any of the gore is underwater, it will look like shit because they yeah. just use CGI for it. Exactly. They, anything yeah. that's yes. underwater is CGI. It really takes the edge off a lot yeah. of these. But anytime they're out of the water, mm-hmm. it looks fantastic. Oh, yeah, all yeah. the survivors coming up with like, limbs gone oh, and chunks my God, of things. It's so like, good. It's all beautiful. Yeah. Like, that must have taken forever. Oh, I can't even imagine. I mean, shooting the massacre was nine days of their 42 oh. day shoot. You can't tell me. Nine days for that? Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking that's not as much as I expected because there's so much going on. I mean, it's, it's yeah, one eighth of their runtime mm-hmm. was one fourth of their shooting days. Wow. Okay. When you put it in that context, okay. There you go. So Crystal is dead, and Derek is in the water. He gets helped out by Danny. She has the canoe oar to help him out, even though he is calling her a dumb bitch. <laughs> he really is. There's a lot of men getting like asking women to help them while also calling them dumb bitches in this movie. That That is the only thing with the Danny character, though. It's like, you know, I, she's so endearing. She's so nice. We love her. Why is she working for this man? Or what does she think about Derek? I don't know what she thinks about Derek. Or why doesn't she just jab him in the face with the oar and say, fuck you, you're on your own then? (laughs) Because she's too nice. Yeah. Uh, She manages to get him out. But of course, he has been completely consumed from the waist down. Again, 
looks great. This, yeah. It, minus the four CGI fish that are flopping over his body. Oh my yes. god. Terrible. <laughs> and he turns to Jake. They took my penis. They took my penis. They took my penis. <laughs> I was texting at the time with Gina Radcliffe. And I said, Gina, <laughs> Jerry O'Connell's last words just were, they took my penis. <laughs> yes. He really committed to this role. Oh, I, God, yes. Good for him, man. Like, it, And he even says, he's like, I, you, it's every actor's dream to play a role like this. And I was like, you know what? I bet you're right, because who yeah. wants to play the Jake or the Kelly in this movie? Exactly. No, you want to be the Derek. Yeah. I mean, you technically get more screen time. But yeah, like when I think of this movie, I literally think of Elizabeth Shue wipeout jumping across boats and Jerry O'Connell in a Speedo talking about his dick. Because the thing is this, right? Okay, you're, you're in a movie, a fun movie, which granted the, the shoe was apparently hell because it was like 120 degrees. Yeah, it looked real hot. But nevertheless, you're in a movie that is over the top, can't be ridiculous, and you have to play the straight man? Mm-mm. That is terrible. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. Uh, so speaking of those people, we've got Jake realizing that Kelly, I mean, she, she got knocked out and the boat is flooding and he can't get the skylight open, blah, who could get Blah. We do get Crystal's implants floating up before the piranha eat his dick. (laughs) And then we do get CGI penis. Yep. First, it's just floating. Mm -hmm. Just free floating. Yep. Then a piranha eats it. Yep. They fight over it. Two piranhas fight over it. One of them eats it, and then he burps it back up to the camera. Mm. Like, just facing... Okay, this is the movie looking at you being like, you came for... You paid for this shit. Come on. This piranha should have been the one that winked. And Right? Absolutely. (laughs) And let's not forget, once again, this is in 3D, so you've got a fish burping up a half dick in your face. In 3D. In 3D. <laughs> so that's why this movie is gay, folks, because these piranha are obviously well, admittedly, they're they're not swallowers, so Oh my god. <laughs> I was sorry, I was desperately trying to remember the joke from Hannibal. Spitters, not quitters. There we go. The show or the movie? It's the show. Mason Verger in season three. When he's talking to Alana, he mentioned something about, oh, are you uh you know, spitters are quitters. And it's just like, <laughs> that is the rudest line I have ever heard on TV. And also something Mason Verger would definitely say to anyone. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was only more surprised that he didn't say it to his own sister. For me, That's what I was about to say. So I'm surprised he didn't <laughs> say it to Margo. Yeah. <laughs> frankly. Okay. Yeah. So Ving Rhames sacrifices himself. He's dead. But mostly everything, you know, even though there are still clearly people in the water and there's a lot of bodies, like apparently the danger is done because everybody's just kind of chilling if they're safe. (laughs) (laughs) You know, okay, well, I guess we're just going to have to live here on the water on this boat for now. But uh... a lady pulls apart like taffy. Oh, my God. I love it. That's the best. That is so good and and you can see them do that in the behind the scenes stuff because you see her with her, her green screen bodysuit as they carry her off <laughs> my favorite is that she's alive and then she pulls apart oh. and she's still alive and she just goes ah, and then dies <laughs> i mean it's probably what i would do honestly 100 like, you know what <laughs> mother fuck. could you imagine that being the last thing you saw before no. you died was your oh. lower half of your body just coming off <laughs> 
amazing. Uh, it, it was really these moments, you know, when I think about this film, I do think of Jerry O'Connell, but I think of these moments of just mm-hmm. outrageous gore mm-hmm. mixed with perfectly timed slapstick comedy. And that's why this movie works for me. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, there is excitement to be had in this climax, but yeah, this is the real climax. Yeah, that's the thing. Right after this awesome, like ten minute long set piece, it's probably like five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to just go. Oh, right, we have to go save the kids. Yeah, we have to save the kids. And that's why I say when I say said earlier, like a complete and utter lack of a third act. We have one, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, and, and and because we end where we end the film, it's like oh, there's not more to this movie. <laughs> like it is done. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be a bang. It's a bit of a whimper. And yeah. before that, it's even like, oh, okay, sure, I guess. Yeah. yeah, okay, so Jules gets the call that obviously, yes, the boat is thinking we need rescue. She and Novak go. They attach a rope so that they can shimmy across. I don't understand why she goes across as I, opposed to just sending everybody back to the boat. I wrote in my notes, should they tie a rope from the boat to the next and in all caps, wait, why is she crossing? <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my note for this scene said this is the exact same thing they do in Rogue. Yes, but yes. Rogue is so much better at this particular. Like, like, why have I seen people do that? I they just did this in Rogue mm-hmm. three years before this. You're right. It is it is more effective in Rogue. Rogue is a better movie than this. That's a different movie. <laughs> it has John Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, yeah, at no point am I worried about really any of these characters dying, which is the reason why they have to kill Danny. Because yes. she's the only like, quote unquote, yeah. like not good character, you know? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's super. I mean, we said we're not going to kink shame, but this movie really hates like sex workers or women who do sexy yeah. things for money. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it hates them. Um, it's par for the course for everybody getting mutilated by piranhas in this movie. I would say that, except that then two of the the two women that we know to be sex workers both get killed. Neither of them can survive. Not even the one that's quote unquote nicer. Mm-hmm. The, she's mm-hmm. the brunette one. So, you know, that makes her <laughs> the more relatable one. <laughs> I feel like the movie forgets that they spent a bunch of time making Danny nice, unless this is the movie saying, oh, you liked her? Haha, ha, we're going to be mean and cruel. We're going to kill her off. I mean, I that's the vibe I got. Not that it makes yeah. it better, but like, yeah. Because I mean, again, who dying here are you going to feel the worst about? Outside of Elizabeth Shue. Honestly, even Elizabeth Shue, I could have seen dying here as like another Ving Rhames martyr sacrifice. Like, ah, I saved my kids. Oh, I'm being eaten. Okay. There is definitely a moment when she's on there and she gets dropped into the water. Mm -hmm. I, and I think she's in the water for a good 10 seconds. And I have no idea why these fish don't immediately swarm her body. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's the longest that they've taken to get anywhere. I mean, I don't really get at the end why they don't attack Jake and Kelly when they're just sitting there (laughs) with the rope tied around them. (laughs) Oh, they they do, Trace. You can see that there's like two bites on the back of Jake. (laughs) Well, because don't they throw they throw someone's body in the water to distract the fish. But I'm like, there's like hundreds of fish Mm -hmm. here. (laughs) Oh, they throw Derek's body in and then Jake swims like he's doing a lap around an Olympic pool he's so fucking slow they pause so that they can kiss before they get in the water and i was like what the fuck are we doing so another because remember how in black christmas 2006 the whole thing was like oh my god you're putting stuff in the trailer that's not in the movie oh you filmed this just for the trailer Mm -hmm. 
Same thing happened in this one because the shot that was in every fucking trailer for this movie was Jessica Jor underwater, face to face with a swarm of piranhas. Uh, really? Okay. And they put that in every single marketing bit, and it was only in the trailer. It's huh. not in this movie, obviously, because she does not come face to face with a bunch of piranhas. Yeah, Piranha 3D doesn't have the balls of Deep Blue Sea 3, which actually does do that. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. See, that movie has the same dumb energy as this movie, but is more likely to follow through on those kinds of moments. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like people are always face-to-face with fish. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that. I mean, that doesn't happen in Rogue. No one's just like, I'm staring right at you. This is true. I think it's a way to make fish scarier because we don't mm. need the help with crocodiles and alligators. That's true. Well, also because crocodiles, well, I guess fish just like their eyes are on the sides of their face. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me when I'm scaring you. Look at me. I'll get to the side over here. Uh-huh. I really don't give a shit about their escape plan, but I do have one question. So, I mean, like, I've been water skiing, you know, like mm-hmm. boat p- picks you up. It's a, it's a lot of stuff. If you have two bodies <laughs> that are tied with a rope around the waist mm-hmm. and you're underwater and a speedboat is pulling you away. You're that woman on the beach who loses the bottom half of her body. Yes! <laughs> like, is that rope not just going to rip right through them? I mean, we saw what happened when he started the engine to get Elizabeth Shue out of the water. That cord just snapped on and jerked <laughs> her like 10 feet in the air. This would have absolutely ripped a 17-year-old boy's body in half. Yeah. That would have been a hilarious end to this movie. It's like, oh, you were cheering for the lovers? We just ripped them in half. <laughs> Yes, actually, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they try to do that with the actual gotcha ending. But mm-hmm. that oh, see, happen. yes. Kill them instead of Adam Scott. Which just feels out of place. Like, I know it's a, a moment of comedy because we're meant to wonder, where's the big fish? And it's right there. But I was just like, oh, this character that we've invested literally no time or energy in? Okay. Well, and marketing Snafu again, that fucking bit of him going, in the babies, where are the adults? In the fu- Not the trailer, but it's in the TV spots. Cause this, uh, and they uh, actually had to pull the TV spots because I guess someone complained, like, that is literally the last shot of your movie yeah. <laughs> that you were putting in this trailer. Stupid. I mean, really, the, this is the yeah, end it. of the movie. <laughs> they should have said the piranhas were serial killers. Right. <laughs> Do we want to say anything more about Danny's death? Because I I find it pretty exciting to watch. You know, I I like that we get that moment where her hair dips in and you think, okay, well, she just has to pull it out and then she doesn't make it. There's a part where her head comes out and like you can see her like part of her face has been like chewed off mm-hmm. and there's like a piranha stuck on her eye. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, it's it's gnarly. It's rough. It's just, yeah, there's there. It's the point in the movie where we have to lose someone. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we we have to show that there are still stakes and that these are the big stakes because, like, if they don't get out of this one, like, how is anyone going to get out of anything? But, yeah, it does just seem so mean. It's mean in a very almost, I would say, 70s movie way where okay. I feel like they were just, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Frogs. With Sam Elliott. With Sam Elliott. But, like, animals killed literally everyone in that movie. And so there are scenes of just, like, you know, children and then, like, you know, poor, you know, ditzy women who just, like, butterflies. But it's like, no, everyone's dying. And it's sort of that where it's like, oh, you know, you could have let her go, but okay, fine. But it's just the added layer that she's also the character who was a sex worker Mm -hmm. and... 
She had sex with a lady. <laughs> Dead. This is a movie that has one, two, three, four, five survivors, six if we count Christopher Lloyd right. at the end of this movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very much like, no, we need to kill a teenager or one of these kids like that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If they ever remake this movie, uh, maybe we'll get that. Who knows? I think part of it, too, is that there's a tonal dissonance with everything else in the rest of the film. Like, nearly every other death that we see, except maybe Ving Rhyme, but his is almost an action movie death. Everybody else is often comedic, right? Like, we're laughing at these deaths because they're so preposterous. And then in this final sequence, we have to switch to just, oh, no, this is proper action movie yeah and danny's death doesn't have a comedic moment it's just sad it's just cruel it's just tragic but it feels like the film betraying everything that's come before because it should be funny like that's what this movie is it's a horror comedy yeah that's fair no i i didn't even think about it like that but you're right yeah like there's nothing tragic about any of these deaths except for her so i get that yeah and then they try to follow that with when they use Derek's body as bait, it turns out he's still alive because his actual final words are wet t-shirt. <laughs> God, can you imagine like, okay, you can either be Derek or you can be this woman on the beach who gets like chopped in half. Uh, <laughs> like her last line isn't, oh, my bottom or <laughs> my bottom half. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. Boy. Just like if I was gonna go out, I don't think my last line would be a punchline. Well, but you're not in the movie Piranha 3D. This is true. I am not Jerry <laughs> <Yeah>. O'Connell <laughs> losing my speedo to killer fish. Like imagine if chick tracks were real and then when you die you have to go and face a giant screen that just shows your life and it's like, oh, oh, there's that time I said wet t shirt when yeah. I died. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It's like the Facebook memories where they show your old post, oh, and yeah. I'll just reach mm. it from like five years ago and be like, "What the fuck was I thinking?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, which idiot is posting? Oh fuck, that's me it's from me. five years ago. Yeah. It's me, it's Jessica me. Wario. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, this is this is Piranha. Uh, we've got yeah. a sequel set up and. Adam Scott is dead. He didn't wear a bloodline wig, and it's all very sad. <laughs> he should have had that wig. I, this movie would have gone up a half star with that wig. I still love this movie. I think it's a ton of fun. I will show anyone this movie. It's 82 minutes, gets in and out. It's fun and breezy. Mm-hmm. Definitely has some issues. The technical stuff doesn't bother me as much as the narrative stuff does. But yeah, I, I, I really, really, really love this movie. Mm-hmm. So here's the question. If they had a flipped this more emotional grounded ending with the beach massacre, like save the kids and then have her have to get back because she realizes, oh, shit, the beach. Does that end the movie better for all of us? I think so. We still have to have something that we think has killed all the piranhas. Right. Well, but I'm trying to think. So because here's the thing. So do y'all do y'all find the, the, the movie before the massacre like? to be have pacing issues to be laggy to be kind of dull in parts uh it's like the occasional one-off deaths i'm like i get what you're doing because we need to have people dying as we go Mm -hmm. but yes the stuff those are mostly fine but then the stuff with the kids just like so i'm just trying to figure out though like what would it I, i think yes i would rather have the the massacre be like the final set piece but would that 
wear on your patience too much if we mm. don't get something like this earlier in the film. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, we could also have a fucking battle with adult piranha for the last 15 minutes of the movie, but right. we don't want that. Nah. <laughs> Save that for the yeah. water park sequel, which <laughs> apparently the sequel they did, because the, the guy that directed it is um the guy that did Feast. Like, uh, is it John? Is it Gulliger? Clue? John, John Gulliger, yeah. yeah. Apparently, like, they had an idea for a sequel in mind, and they did not use it. So Aja is like, I'm not fucking dealing with 3DD at all. All right, okay. He's like, thanks, I did it once, and it wasn't yeah. quite what I wanted. I'm going to pass. He's like, you know what's scary? Alligators. Right, 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 right. 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 <laughs> and really fucking well executed, because that is a yes. genuinely tense aquatic horror film. Mm -hmm. Still with a couple of good jokes. Oh, yeah, but that is a good... That, uh, yeah. So that movie's yes. mean, but in a way that earns it. Well, in a way, it's kind of like Fede Alvarez, how he went from like the like Evil Dead remake to doing Don't Breathe to be like, look, I can do like tense horror too. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what Aja did here with, with Piranha and Crawl. It's true. <laughs> oh, fuck. Remember that moment in Crawl where she goes to shoot the alligator and it bites her arm and then she oh, fires so the gun a bunch? Oh, the movie's so good. So good. The movie's so good. <laughs> we have a Patreon episode on it. Plug, plug, oh plug. Okay, let's wrap it up. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, well, that has been Piranha, everybody. Um, and th Megan, thank you for coming on to talk about this silly little movie. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. Megan's like, what the fuck just happened? It's like a really dumb fever dream. No. <laughs> well, before we announce what we're covering next week, Megan, let everyone know, where can they find you on social media and your podcast? So my podcast is Let's Get Weirding, a Dune podcast, where myself and Bo North cover Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. Mm. And... I can be found on Twitter at MP Sunday, and I'm usually talking about Hellraiser. <gasps> that's, <yeah. laughs> Honestly, that's why I'll get along. Step <laughs> off my dick, Megan. Like, <laughs> Hellraiser is my shit, and also number one guest star on Kill by Kill. Moi, not you, so. <laughs> oh. Wait, Megan, which ones did you talk about on Kill by Kill? She's been on more than me. She's actually been on like five yeah. or six times. <laughs> Pieces. Part of uh, Friday Thirteenth, part of Jason X. Uh, mm. Let's see, I'm on the Patreon episode for Warlock and for the Princess Diana musical. Oh my god! Oh, uh, <laughs> the true horror film. And I'm on Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, yeah. the fan. Yeah, you've done way more episodes than me. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> she Never mind. so many she can't remember all of them. I know. God. <laughs> Sorry, I've run out of fingers, but I've been on it a bunch. Uh, the fan was because we made we made Patrick do that one. Gene and I were like, we're talking about the fan. Oh, and slugs. I'm on slugs. Slugs is the one I made them do. I, I will tell you, Megan, right now that after you mentioned frogs, which I, I have heard of frogs before. I've just never had a desire to watch it. But I, I went to the Wikipedia. The first thing I see is girl gets stuck in mud and killed by an alligator snapping turtle. And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. I'm sold. I'm I am yep. sold on this movie. <laughs> it's amazing because... It literally is just a turtle approaching her slowly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I've heard it's not good, but it is mean. It's great because it's actual animals. Yeah. So they're really both hampered, but in enhanced by what actual animals could do. So you, there's a scene where a guy dies at a greenhouse because lizards are just knocking over chemicals. So it's just like a gecko that they put a jar near. <laughs> <laughs> the gecko moves and the jar falls over. Oh my god. And just like bullfrogs hopping around and like glaring at people. Nice. <laughs>
And Sam Elliott doesn't have a shirt on. Yes. But it's called frogs and not like amphibians and reptiles because it seems like it's a it's the whole congregation that's attacking people. It's a criticism people have leveled at the film. I believe the frogs are meant to be in charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the social hierarchy. Frogs at the top. And Ray Milland is in it. So. <laughs> okay. uh, 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 I might buy that tonight. Uh, <laughs> Focus, focus. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Horror Queers. Join our Facebook Horror Queers group to hang out with other listeners. Find us on Letterboxd, keep track of all the films we've covered, and go to our YouTube channel to watch our Horror Queers Hangouts, where Joe and I talk to some of our peers every month about a random horror topic. And, well, this is the end of March, but our March one is on toxic fandom. Uh, to cel- celebrate, question mark, mm-hmm. the um, reception that the latest Texas Chainsaw Massacre received. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you have a moment, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you want even more content, please support the show by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash horrorqueers. This is the last day of March. It's the second to last day of March. But, um, well, come join the Patreon to see what we're doing in April. But for now, we'll just tell you what we've done in March. So our recap of the month is we've got episodes on Winter Thriller No Exit, Sebastian Stan starring Fresh, Ty West X, and a fun discussion on our favorite horror films where the villain wins. And of course, we had our audio commentary on Blade 2 to celebrate its 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. But stay tuned next week for that April schedule. So there we go. Joe. Yes. What are we talking about next week? Well, we're going to do a bit of a mini theme for at least two weeks. We're going to talk about some vampires. And first up is, I'm so excited for this, Trace, because I know (laughs) it's a film you haven't seen, and it's one of my favorites. We are going to talk about Catherine Bigelow's Near Dark. Woo! I'm actually really excited to watch this. I it's not, I haven't like ever avoided it. I just haven't seen it. Well, it was fucking hard to find for a very long time, and then it became available, and now it's kind of hard to find again. Yeah, well, people won't shut the fuck up about it, so it better yeah. be good. <laughs> I'm very intrigued. Like, Western vampire film is not two of your top-rated choices, so we it shall see. not. But you know what? I can overlook uh, my interest bias for good filmmaking. There so. we go. There we go. All right, everyone. Well, until then, we can cross out <laughs> Piranha 3D. Indeed. And cross out horror queers. Horror queers.